Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. Okay, folks, we have another great episode for you today. We have back with us uh, one of our normal guests, Mr. Jake Bible, and he's brought along a friend of his, Officer Brett. And Officer Brett uh, has a lot to talk about what's going on in the economy and with the law enforcement and everything else, and we wanted to specifically talk about him with what he's seeing as an active duty police officer. Now, Officer Brett didn't exactly want to say his full name and where he was just for safety reasons and all that kind of stuff, which I think we can all completely understand. But he is an Army veteran with, uh, I think, one tour in Iraq, uh, six years on the force, and one year now being a SWAT officer, which is very cool. And he's, he's accomplished a lot. He had a lot to say. It was a great episode. I hope you guys really enjoy this one from somebody who's out there with boots on the streets, who's dealing with these people and riots and protests and, um, you know, just like the uppity ups in the police office and everything else. So what's going on? Like it's it's somebody who's got his, his ears out, his eyes open. And he, he wanted to come on and talk about what all it is that he's seeing. So without any further ado, please sit back, strap in and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have with us Mr. Jake Bible. Yo. And also, Officer Brett. Officer Brett, how are we doing, sir? Doing great. Good evening or afternoon, everyone. Afternoon. <laughs> or whenever the hell you're listening yeah. to it. Yeah. What, what, life with kids, uh, make the day feel so yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to have uh, Officer Brett on to talk about the current state of policing. Uh, we did uh, an episode a few I don't know, probably about a month and a half, two months ago now, about defunding the police, where we had uh, ex-police uh, officers. But I wanted to talk to somebody who's currently going through all of that and kind of get their perspective and see what was going on. But why don't we start uh, back at the beginning? So uh, you said that you were in the Army, and you went in the Army yes. uh, a couple years after high school. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that and kind of uh, what led you into that? Yeah, so when I graduated high school, just uh, was working job to job, didn't have too much of a plan, and then uh, I think I went through three different jobs, and at the third one, they actually let me go, so I decided, hey, been wanting to join the Army since I was a teenager, let's do it. Uh, went ahead and joined in, and then uh, got into uh, 13 Bravo, which is artillery, uh, had some fun with that. Uh, kind of funny thing is, before we deployed... We were originally supposed to go to Afghanistan, and then they changed us to Iraq. I'm, so, sure, I'm sure last minute as well. Yeah. The, I mean, our uh, – I forget who it was at the time. I forget what rank he was. It was a colonel or something came up and gave us a speech. He's like, as of right now, we're going to Iraqistan. <laughs> <laughs> and then about a month later, we had another meeting, and he came – he's like, all right, well, now we're going to Afghan Iraq. Like, <laughs> he, they did not know where we were going until about three months before deployment. That's crazy. And then you would think they'd have like a grand plan of what was going on. But. Nope, not at all. And because uh, what made it worse is because of our MOS, because artillery, 
they kind of wanted us in Afghanistan because we do well on the mountains. We're able to hit mountain ridges to mountain ridges. So they kind of wanted us there, but they needed more manpower in Iraq. So then they flopped us over and we ended up going to Iraq. And when we did, we completely changed our job. We were no longer artillery. We yeah, actually... that's, the, that's the problem, though, because they, they needed manpower. They mm-hmm. didn't need your guys' you know, specific MOS yeah. there. And so when they moved us to Iraq, we actually became infantry. Of course. We became vehicle and foot patrol, which was astounding. Super, <laughs> super awesome, I'm sure. So we had to learn everything on the fly. Uh, we were there for 10 months, uh, ended up getting out a little early, which I was somewhat upset at because I was actually past my contract and I was getting stop loss pay. So that was nice. Uh, we were originally supposed to be there for 15 months, and then we got it cut back to 10 I was a little upset about that, and I wanted that extra money, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Love, the battle pay is always very good. Yes, it is. All right, so you, you come back from your deployment. You probably get out of the Army. Obviously, you didn't make a career of it. No. Um, so then you, you got into uh, being a police officer. Now, yeah. what, what led you down that path after the Army? Uh, honestly, SWAT did. Uh, to kind of somewhat go a little bit back on the Army stuff is that I, my plan was always to make it a career and go into the Green Berets. To be a uh, combat specialist. Okay. But I was kind of getting into my early-ish, mid-ish 20s at that time. And when I was looking at Green Berets, they actually have a seven-year sign-up to where once you commit, you have to commit seven years. Okay. You can't, you can't get out any no time before that. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, I was like, all right, do I really want to do this or do I want a family? And I... And I chose, okay, I want to at least pursue to try to have a family instead of doing that. So when I ended up getting out of the Army, I still wanted that feel and that niche. And SWAT kind of had that niche. So that's why I got into policing. Okay, so you you wanted to be like an elite... Yes. You know, warrior, soldier, whatever you want to call it. Like you yes. wanted that. You didn't want to just be like a standard grunt or doing whatever. You no. want you wanted to be like the best of the best. Yes, and, that... and SWAT obviously is that in mm-hmm. in like in any kind of area around here, unless unless you count like um homeland security or maybe uh, uh secret service or something like that. I mean yes. that, that may be the the only I think it can kind of, you know, compete with the SWAT officer. Yes. And uh anything I always try to do, I try to like compete at the at the best or the top so when i got out i always thought like oh hey policing military not too much of a gap uh as far as how to be able to handle yourself under stressful situations you're going from one stressful situation to another it's just you have to kind of rewire your brain structure on how you execute under stress in a sense and but the fact that it was a high stress job performance thing is what kind of tailored me to want to go into policing and go into SWAT in the first place. Okay. So now, now did you go right in like right from the military? So you were probably like in great shape or did you have a couple years off in between? I actually or? had a couple years off in between. Okay. Uh, I don't quite remember actually how much time it was in between, but I want to say it was at least two and a half years or so okay. before I actually went into the police academy. Okay. But and uh, how was the police academy compared to like your military training? Honestly, both were a lot easier than I expected them. Really? Yes. Now, I will say on the police academy side, the I was somewhat overwhelmed in the beginning about how much 
stuff you actually had to know with all the laws and everything yes yeah. i did not expect to go in there having to be like a quasi prosecutor <laughs> 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 so that kind of caught me off guard at, off guard at first but uh i'm a and my wife can attest to this i'm a very logistical person very logical person so the emotions really don't play so much on me so learning a lot of the laws and everything kind of came pretty quick yeah and actually ended up uh, I always say I'm a bad test taker, but I actually ended up scoring the highest in my class <laughs> when it came to that. So. That's pretty solid. But yeah, as far as like the physical aspect of it, especially basic training in the military and in policing, it's actually surprisingly not very, very difficult. It okay. really isn't. So there's really no excuse for any, honestly, average American to want to join the police academy and get into police academy and get into shape to be able to pass. Well, I mean, let's, let's be real honest here. Like most of those are meant for the average person Mm -hmm. to be able to go there to pass that. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously you can't go in out of shape because if you do that, you're going to suffer. Yes. Whether that's basic training in any kind of branch of the military or Mm -hmm. into uh, a law officer training like Opata here in Ohio. Yeah. You know, it's like, if, if you're going to go do that, it's get yourself ready before you get there. Yes. Don't expect them to get you ready when you get there. Yes. Because you're going to hate life if that's the case. And that's the one thing I did, and more so before going in the military than I did in the police, because obviously, even though I had a couple-year break, I was still in pretty good shape to where once I yeah, got Yeah, probably from cat. playing sports and younger, yeah. being, being youthful and everything and, else. But the military, like I was reading all these old-school boot camp books and like, oh, man, I got to get in shape. And then when I got there and like in the first – three weeks when we were there is considered like the red phase. Like where it's supposed to be the more extreme portion. And we actually got to the end of the red phase. I'm like, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the extreme stuff? Yeah. I was like, man, I was was actually kind of bored after three weeks. (laughs) So, but yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about how they've like my uncle, where he says this is the worst time to get in the military. If you were to want that, because he was saying they've dropped the standards and such and things like that. I know it was even some years ago when I read this to where if you've, they actually hand out stress cards to where if you feel so stressed out, you raise the stress card. The drill sergeant now has to back off of you and not say anything or do anything to you. And you, get to go like have your time or something there's progression that's gone way too far yes you know it's like i understand that these people might be feeling stressed and maybe we need to come up with a better way than just yelling at them and screaming at them for no real reason but we also have to remember is that these people are going to get put in very stressful situations where people's mm. lives and deaths like count on what them. What do you think yeah. war if, is? If they can't <laughs> handle that stress yeah maybe they don't deserve to be there mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I feel like the military has actually done a lot better of, and I wish they had went more this route rather than reversing back around. I feel like during the time I was in basic, they actually had a fairly good balance. And also, too, at the time, they were handing out massive, like, uh, sign-on bonuses. So a lot of people were signing on just to get the bonus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're hurting for people. Yeah, they were were signing on people for forty grand and for a bonus. But not so much anymore because – Funding was cut back a little bit, and plus they're actually up to par of where, where they somewhat need to be manpower-wise. But when I was in, it was kind of like if they saw you weren't making it, they were just like, okay, bye. Or if you really wanted out that bad, they would be like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like they there needs to be somewhat of a clause in there because some people just flat out don't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, and not to mention, like if they screw up downrange, they could cost lives of other Americans. Mm-hmm. That is not acceptable. Yes. Like I said, if you can't handle that stress, that is not a job for you. Yes. 
So I and now they've almost gone back to instead of just saying okay, well they can't handle it, just kick them out, let them be. Don't even have to have a dishonorable discharge. Other than honorable, just go live your life. Now they've gone back to okay, now we're going to cater people and push them through and graduate them and graduate people that don't deserve to be graduated. Isn't that a health risk, security oh, risk? Oh, it's an awful risk. Every kind of risk with your guy next to you. Dude, I was getting guys when I was overseas, and I'm like, how did they let you through basic? How? How did, did you get through basic? Does the sniper in the sandbox give two shits about a stress card? No. Like, don't shoot me. This is stressing me out. <laughs> like, do they not? I didn't even know about that. I mean, I, it's not even that. I mean, <clears throat> it's just the basic fundamentals. I almost had a guy shoot off a, a sergeant's face because he was unloading a 249 incorrectly. Oh. Like, it was half cocked. And so when he went to clear it, he pushed it forward. And in doing so, it could have sent off around. Yeah, and, and what, luckily what's a, enough, what's it, a two four nine. The it's chainsaw. a yeah, it's a two four nine saw. It's uh, okay. It shoots a five five six. No, round. no, I, I know what the saw okay. is. So yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's the squad automatic weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he unloaded it incorrectly, and he jammed the thing forward, and it could have sent a rifle right down right down the sergeant's face. And it's like, dude, man, <laughs> like, the, <laughs> it, that that's when I realized, like, what what are they sending us over? Yeah, there's there's a point where you need bodies, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Same as with you guys, like mm-hmm. like your your artillery, but they need you on the ground as as grunts. So it's like we're gonna, we're gonna pull them over. We're gonna teach them what they need to, or it's tough shit figured out in the field, which yeah. is what the army is notorious for. Let's be real honest here. Oh, it's but much so. You know, it's like so. There's a point of doing that. Who are competent people who can figure the job out quickly mm-hmm. and survive. Like and there's another point of that where some people who just shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you shouldn't give them automatic weapons. No, because maybe and, that's dangerous for everyone. And on top of that, kind of like you're saying that there's they just don't care. Is when I was talking to other other infantry guys, and I was like, "Hey, what you guys have for like mounted weapons and whatnot? What did they guys what they give you?" Because what we had is an artillery unit. Since we're not infantry, we don't have a lot of the more oomph type weapons and they never sent us any more so and our exterior vehicles we only had m240 bravos those only shoot 762 rounds and any inner vehicle we had only had the 249 saws mounted weapons okay and these are and, machine guns right yeah these yeah. are machine guns mounted on top of the vehicle normally you'd have 50 cal stuff or mark 19s i was talking to some guys they're like yeah we have mark 19s and on the outers we have uh 50 cals and m2s on the middle like and i'm like <laughs> like that'd have been so nice to have. Like they got little grenade launchers that th- 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 boom, 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 and fifty cows, and we got little pea shooters. I'm like, come on! <laughs> it's like we're not even infantry to begin with, and then you give us weaker weapons on top of it. Well, that's kind of how that works because again, it's just needs of the army. So you're just bodies to fill in here, and oh yeah, those 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 will be good enough. You don't, you don't need yeah. the Maudus on top <laughs> and grenade launchers for out the sides. You don't need that. You'll be fine. Your seven six twos will be just good. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so we're, we're getting through uh opata so you're you're studying for the test you're doing great on those the physical stuff was easy for you, you probably mm-hmm. get yourself back into shape obviously after mm-hmm. a couple years off for going in you're ready but it's basically just like running push-ups and sit-ups i yeah. assume right mm-hmm. nothing crazy nope. uh, firearms training is probably no big deal for somebody with your experience in the army nope. so that that was probably pretty easy mm-hmm. so you get out of there you, you start working as a beat cop i assume like because everybody starts in the bottom somewhere yeah. Like, did you go to, like, some small town, or where were you stationed at? Actually, no. My first place I worked at was a sheriff office in the, 
around this area. Okay, it's like Northeast Ohio area. Yes, and actually ended up leaving there shortly thereafter because a certain bill was supposed to pass that they anticipated to pass to hire all of us new people, and it did not. And when it did not, I you asked. Bounce. Yes. Yeah. I basically left because job security wasn't there and found another place that I went into, and I am still currently working there from there on out. Okay. Yeah. Is that more of like a, like a bigger area, a smaller area? like a- Much. Well, it's different. this is where it kind of gets into funny where it's hard to explain where i'm at or what i do without actually exposing where i'm actually at (laughs) i I completely understand that and we definitely want to keep that under wraps for obvious reasons especially in today's climate yeah um so okay so you're working now in a a different area and you're you're working up you work for a few years Mm. and then what about a year or so ago you got uh your your option to go into swat yeah how Uh, how did that all happen actually it's lightning in a bottle got as lucky as humanly possible really yes so most, it's not so much of like putting so much time coming in test and you get accepted kind of thing or? no most places you have a waiting period okay like one of the top teams in the country is dallas and i know one of the times i checked they had like a 10 year 15 year waiting period jesus like most teams you're going to wait an excruciating amount of time before you can try out to get in to be able to go and our team just then formed while I was there. They didn't have a team prior or anything. It just formed. And when doing so, it's like, hey, you try out. We're just going to pick the best people we have. Or depending on how many people try out, we'll just end up taking who comes type of thing. So they only picked who they thought would end up fitting on the team. And I got lucky. Nice. So like I said, most places I'd have been sitting another five, maybe even ten years before you getting had a chance to get in. Yeah, so I got real, real lucky with that. Very Pro- nice. Prove yourself once you're in there, though, and they're like, "Okay, cool, yeah. good to go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was even before that because right. the usually they know who they want. Yeah, they exactly. had to hint, especially yeah. if they're forming yeah. a team. Like, and most everyone there, but and most everyone there has already been there for five years. We yeah. didn't have too many quote unquote new guys at the time. Yeah. So we already knew who was the cream of the crop at the time when Very we nice. first formed. So, so so do you do that like full time, or do you also have to go out and police like regularly as well? Uh, no, we do both. Okay. And uh, since the whole COVID, so it's, so it's double duty. Yeah. Well, since the whole COVID thing, it's scaled back what we've done with our SWAT team immensely. You're like training wise, or just uh, on, everything on wise. Everything wise. Okay. Everything wise, it's been scaled back immensely and which kind of sucks because we actually had a lot of training coming up this year that we we're going to do and it was going to be really nice but is that only funding or is that just because of just pump the brakes uh pump the brakes covid that okay. was all covid that had nothing to do with defund police right, or anything okay. like that right. that was that was all covid right on. <laughs> so but yeah that 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 one kind of punched the gut but yeah most of the time uh on occasion, you do have you come in for overtime for SWAT and do that, but they we actually have enough people where it's kind of scheduled through your shift. When you come in, you're already on your normal quote unquote shift while doing. Okay, so then if you get the a call, then you just grab your gear and go. Yes, gotcha. and yeah. Now I I drove the family car here, but I have my own car that I have that I go to work that I have basically everything in there ready to go at all times. Yeah, because I'm on call all the time. Yes. So Such I can, as most police officers, yeah. they, they don't realize, like a lot of civilians don't realize, is that 
they're essentially never off duty. There might be yes. a time where you're not on patrol, mm-hmm. but you can always be called. Yeah, and we have rotating uh, weeks where we're on call. So that way, and if you're on call, like I don't drink or anything, but if you're on call, you're not supposed to drink. Right. You're not supposed to do anything of that sort. You have sort. to be available at all times. Yeah, exactly. You can't be showing up drunk trying to <laughs> stop something. <laughs> but yeah, that's what people don't understand too is like when people are on call or even like nurses or doctors. Like, when you're on call, just because you're at home doesn't mean you're off work. You can't do everything that you want to do. Well, it's not even just that. Is you probably can't leave because Exa- yeah. you have to be so close to the office. Yeah, you can't be like, taking a trip. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you literally can't even go on, like, a day trip somewhere because you mm-hmm. can't be more than, like, an hour away from yes. being, being into to the station or duty place or wh- wherever mm-hmm. it is you're going. Yeah. So, I mean, the likelihood of us getting called in right now is extremely low. Well, actually, well, not really. It's... Probably about equal, <laughs> but but yeah, when you're on call, you've got to be ready to go. You can't drink. You can't do anything of the sort. Like you guys said, you can't be more than an hour out. So, but other than that, when our scheduled operations, like when we do, it's they for the most time, ninety percent of the time is lined up when we come on shift, so they're not paying out OT. Yeah. So. Hearing, hearing all that is so crazy because this is what I wanted to do my entire life through high school. My brother knew it and everybody in my family because that's all I talked about was join the military, do your stint in the military, get out of the military, do some kind of law school or something while trying to mm-hmm. – like this is exactly – and then becoming a police officer. That was all what I wanted to do and like how different my life is in hearing this. Like we travel all the time. We go on trips. I do drink. All, like, I, yeah. all these things of my life could have been so much different just because I – couldn't mm-hmm. have physically done these things because this is what I've wanted most of my life was to do military and then series of events didn't happen that way. But I mean, like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And it's crazy to hear you say all that because it's like, yeah, I definitely want to live in a totally different life than what I am mm-hmm. right now. Very so, different, sir. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's much it's just, more a life of service, Yeah, especially to your country and community. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the people just don't see and they, and they take that for granted, I think, especially in today's climate yes. where all, all they see is the, the negative propaganda bullshit on, on yep. social media mm-hmm. and the news. Yep. It's like it's just it's not really how it is. Like if, if you talk to cops, like I talk to cops, you know, it's like they're all great people. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, are there some bad apples? Of course, like, like there is Everywhere in, in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like like yeah. Andy Stump talks about this a lot. Like he's a Navy SEAL, and everybody looks up to Navy SEALs, and oh my God, they're like they're the pinnacle of people. He's like, yes, guys, like the the honor man of my buds class. This is Andy Stump talking again, not me. Andy Stump says the honor man of his buds class was a fucking serial murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and here's a person who is like the best supposedly yeah. through their buds class yes. of like however many people they had, like two, 300 people. I don't know how, I don't know how many they graduated. Mm-hmm. Probably what? 30, 40, 50. I don't know what the attrition rate is there. I know it's not very high, yeah. but it's like, like here's the, supposedly the best of those guys. He's a fucking serial murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, and I will catch probably a little bit of flack for this, but I've kind of said that too, even within the military, I, I, a lot of times don't tell people I'm a vet for quite a while after like knowing them sometimes, unless it comes up naturally through conversation and it's kind of like known because I, I hate telling people that because they are already automatically give you something that I don't necessarily want or think I deserve immediately right off the bat. Because kind of like how he was saying is that there's, I've met a lot of guys in the military that are just scummy, awful people. Oh Yeah. They're just awful people. They, I mean, they, they had just, to to make it through, and then it, well, not even just that, just general life. I mean, I've, terrible, I've seen yeah. guys with 
before even deploying, so they've never even seen anything. Okay. That are just awful people. They're just terrible individuals. But they get thanked for their service or whatever. But else, then there's other are... guys, and I can't remember his name right now. It's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> but there's this one guy. He was the most sleazebag. And I even told this him to his face one time because he he never made it above private first class. And I think he actually got to mo- back to mo- down to private one time. Uh, he was a horrible civilian, just an awful person, but he was an excellent soldier. And he's probably the one type of dude that would, like if this was back in the day, would be like the homeless vet Vietnam guy on the side of the road. Uh, just a horrible person as a civilian, but you could not have asked for a better soldier. Like if... I'm in the trenches with somebody. I want that private next to me because yeah. I know he's going to do his job and he's going to do it well and he's going to die doing it. But if I'm out owning a business and I'm going to hire f- somebody to come into my business and work, it's not going to be that guy. <laughs> so, so the structure and the routine, all the things that he had that were there, it helped him and it made him better or whatever Barely. it was. Yeah, but it, whatever. It still it, – he still had enough freedom to hang – he still right, had enough rope right, to hang right, himself hang yeah, to yeah. where a, he – There's a reason why he was a PFC. Yeah, yeah right. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. – uh, it's like with a lot of that kind of stuff is you have to remember it's like when you're in the army, especially if you're a grunt or doing stuff like that, it's like your job's to kill other people. Yeah. You know, it's like this isn't like a wonderful, loving thing of like, let's all get together and kumbaya and everything else. Like, no, it's like you do your job, you watch your six and it's like who can put down more people than they can you know, kill of us. Like, mm-hmm. that's how that is. And you can be really fucking good at that. And be a horrible human being. Yes. You know, right. like yeah. and a lot of people always say that, you know, like, oh, well, uh, adversity and war and those kind of things bring out the best in people. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. horseshit. Like, it will allow you to rise, like, to, to the occasion if that's in you already. Mm-hmm. Like, but it won't bring that out of you. Yes. Like, like people will say that is all horseshit. Yeah. I forget what person or it might have been a president or somebody had a somewhat similar quote like that. And I've always disagreed with it where... It says adversity brings or shows character. And it's like, I don't know necessarily if I agree with a statement like that. Like it can out or it can show character or won't develop character. Yes. Right. There, yes. There's yes. a great thing right yeah. there. Yeah. Like yeah. If you've already had it within you, it mm-hmm. will, it will come out, but yeah, it will show. It, it won't mean that you're going to kind of grow and be an amazing person because of adversity. No, that's not the case. Cause there's plenty of people who've been ad- through adversity who are dead from drug overdoses or, have horrible lives that they never rose above that adversity. Exactly. So adversity doesn't bring character. It just shows it. It reveals it. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's start talking about the whole pandemic that is this year of 2020. (laughs) So, so you obviously, you've been a police officer for a few years now. Um, You're, you've been on SWAT. Obviously you've been on SWAT this year while all this shit's gone down. So that's, you know, the only, the only thing that's really different with you, obviously, is that you're not doing all the training and the kind of stuff you would normally mm-hmm. be doing just because it's pump the brakes and hold on. We don't know what's going on. Let's just chill out for a yeah. second. Because obviously you know? I live in Ohio, so OTOA, that's where we do – that's where actually where a lot of people get a lot of their training done that was canceled this year because of COVID. Yes, exactly. Because so. like we have like uh, the t- two of the gentlemen we had on for uh, the Defund the Police episode was uh, uh, Jeff Wilson and Ethan France of uh, Instruments of Freedom here in town. And, and they do firearms training, and they work a lot with police and military and mm-hmm. those kind of guys. And they're always going off to, uh, the, like, those kind of settings and training for all that kind of stuff because they're, you know, firearms trainers and everything else. But it's like a lot of that stuff's been put on hold. Now it's starting to kick back up again now that we're getting into the fall, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. You know, but, like, what were the kind of the big changes that you saw, like, as a police officer as all this stuff was going down when it first started? 
uh, with just COVID or just, the actual yeah. or like the, like the, the 2020, the, yeah. Like yeah. The, the pandemic yeah. starts. Here we go. Like everything starts to get shut down. Then all the craziness starts to happen. Like what? What are the the changes that you've seen? The honestly, for the uh, or I don't want to necessarily say where, but <laughs> <laughs> let's just say around major cities, uh, the amount of foot traffic and just vehicle traffic, honestly, in general, is so far down. Like it's so quiet and it's very, very eerie. It's almost creepy. Yeah, in a way to the point where, whenever there is, I've seen some kind of like protest. Thankfully, all of them have been peaceful. Uh, it's kind of like you're almost on edge in a way because it's kind of like before where there was a lot of foot traffic in a in a, in a setting and whatnot. Because I've kind of grew up in like the city and whatnot, and it's you always feel more safer with people around because as odd as it is to say, because where there's more witnesses, more higher likelihood someone's not willing to do something. Yes. Whereas now things are a lot more sparse because of COVID. So there's not, and not a, to mention people are much more desperate. Yes. Yeah. And to where, when you start seeing something form, you're kind of like, Oh crap, what is this going to turn into? <laughs> and on, and on edge. Yeah. Are they going to snap? Are they going to flip them over that? Exactly. Edge? Yeah. So as far as everything goes, everything's been a lot, in a sense, it depends a lot where you are, because obviously if you work in Portland, things are not quieter. Uh, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're getting into. But as far as some other major cities in Ohio, and Ohio at least, has actually been relatively quiet. Yes, good. luckily. And that has been great. So, I mean, it's been very eerie and very creepy, but at least we're not Portland or any other major cities where they are like Kenosha actively burning. <laughs> so yes. as far as Ohio goes, it's actually been a, a lot quieter. Okay. Honestly. So, so how, how have your, uh, your shifts been? Have you just been like on regular shifts? Are they kind of like, are they pushing you guys out there more or what's, what's going on? We've been doing a lot of just regular shifts. Okay. We, so just normal work, yep. come to work, do your thing, mm -hmm. do your patrols, yep. you know, respond to calls, do all that kind of normal stuff. Yeah. We are much more, just average based we're actually working with a lot less staff than we normally do sometimes okay because uh because of covid uh for anyone who's out there police force uh ohio does have a thing where you can take off time from work if you have children and your spouse goes to work to where you could take time off at a and get 66 percent of your pay so and we have a few of the guys that have to do that because their spouses work and someone has to be home with a child. Yeah. So then and, that, and that's some of the big problems of having like schools and daycares and everything else shut down. Yes. Is that like, what are parents supposed to do? Which is a lot mm -hmm. of like the, the big topic coming into the fall here is like, well, we want our kids to go back to school. And if you guys don't wear your mask, then we're not going to be able to do that. And you guys are horrible people mm -hmm. and all this kind of hoopla that they were throwing out there. And it's like, I still feel like they're going to shut the schools down again. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, hopefully people won't stand for it, but mm -hmm. it's like, like they're pulling these kids out of school to do homeschooling. It's like, Hey, not everyone can work from home. Yes. You know, some people have to go to work. Mm -hmm. So if you can't do that, what are you supposed to do? You can't just quit your job to stay at home. Like yep. you, you, you can't afford to do that nowadays. You can't even work from home with your kids at home. <laughs> no, you know, nobody's getting any work done. We no. all know this. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's. Our few, so we have a lot of guys doing that. So our, a lot of our shifts have been so very they've, they've had even to take killed. off of work just because they've got to watch their kids. Like yes. somebody has to be home. Mm -hmm. I get that. Home. Yeah. And I've actually, I mean, I'm thankful for it because I mean, there's people losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods. Yeah. 
I've actually been getting overtime. So I've actually made decent money. <laughs> Good. I will say <laughs> pay, off, pay off debt or throw that into a rainy fund because yes. trust me when I say you are going to need it in the next couple of years. Oh, yes. We are we are prepared and ready for any of that. Good, 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 good. Because <laughs> I think most people are just pissing away the stuff they're getting now. And it's like, hold mm. on, guys. Like, it's going to get way worse before it gets better. Especially more so now that Congress has pretty much confirmed that they're going to pass another stimulus package. Has that actually gone through? I've heard a bunch it's, of talk. It's not of it. gone through, but it's one hundred percent guaranteed we're going to get like the citizens will get another check. How much is unknown? I just I don't I just don't see that being helpful because like we're we're leveraging it, our future yes. for the money we have to pay back to this private fucking bank, the Federal Reserve. And it's like how are we supposed to do that? How are we not mm-hmm. gonna have hyperinflation? How are we not gonna have other problems? Well, and plus it's just one check. If you've lost your job and you can't work, okay, you can pay your mortgage. How far that, is that going to go? Yeah, you can pay yeah. your mortgage that month, but yeah. then you're going to kick out the next month because you can't pay it again. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's you're you're already seeing it uh, with used vehicles. Like I just bought a used car not that long ago, and I'm thankfully I'm thankful that I did it when I did. But some of these used vehicle prices are shooting through the roof. Yeah. it's insane. And now new new car markets, they're actually opening it up to where you can now more or you can. <laughs> I say mortgage a car. It's actually, you, that's almost true. It, it's true. Like, like, yeah. I, I was actually looking at a car you the other do day. Ten years because like I've got uh, two hundred and fifty thousand like miles on my Honda, and it's mm-hmm. like I know in the next year or two I'm going to need to replace that. Yeah. And of course, me being a nerd, I'm already looking now yeah. for what it's going to be, how much they cost, what's mm-hmm. the going rate, like all these kind of things. But now I'm looking at a different vehicle, so I don't know anything about those. So I'm mm-hmm. reading about those. But then I'm hearing now that like the newer ones, they're trying to just get rid of them because nobody's buying new cars. Everybody's yes. buying used cars, which mm-hmm. is why those markets are going up, which I've told people that for years. Like, yeah. Never buy new. It's such a waste of money. Yes, it is. It's like, but it's like, when, when I'm looking at these things and you go to do these loan calculators, like, oh, this car could be yours at mm. 72 months at this this price. I'm like, does no one ever talk to you about how to buy cars? Like, mm. my mentor has told me for years, like, you can finance a car for no more than three years, and your payment can be no more than $300. Yes. If if, it, if the price of that is over that, that means you can't afford that car. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, or you need to put more down to get your payments that kind of low. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, those are things that I've been taught for years of how to buy cars. And it's like, I, I go looking at these new cars, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like looking at this, this the specs, and I don't care about all those special features or whatever. It's a vehicle. It's going to get me where I need to go. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Because I'm, I'm looking at like fuel mileage, maintenance, like the price of tires, like all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> but but yet, yeah, there's like 60 to 72 months is the normal. It's like, no, the new that's norm, wrong. They're actually saying the new normal is going to be 10 years. What? 10 years. Car doesn't last that long. I know. That, I, but that's what they're start. They're starting to extend it out to now. Jeez. Like it went from five, now six years the norm. Like if you go in there now, like when I when I got my vehicle, like they automatically just throw you at six years. They just automatically do it. They price you it out at that. I'm like, I don't want six. <laughs> but, yeah. Can I do something different, please? But <laughs> I've read and seen that they're moving it up. It's going to be a 10-year uh, loan now. People don't keep cars that long. They, nope. they get a brand new car every two years because it's old. I need a new one now. Banks don't care. They're they're getting the money. It gets rolled over. They collect more interest. Yeah. I mean, you know what it, you should do? Just buy a nice bike like Matt's got and start pedaling your ass off so that way you get your legs all <laughs> built up and if you don't have the mortgage. If you're going to do that, I'd recommend an e-bike <laughs> yeah. because you can go a lot farther. Yeah, depend- I was going to say, depending on how far you got to drive. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's cheap. Your legs are going to be strong. Are you, a, are you a fellow mortgage-free guy? Uh, no. Oh, no, no, I thought I, you said that. I, 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 we are. I, I was, oh, you are. I was completely no, out of debt yeah. until I bought 
bought this house. Yeah. Gotcha. And then once I bought the house, I was like, what the fuck did I do? I put myself in all this debt. Like, yeah. holy shit. You know, but gotcha. unfortunately, yeah. uh, my mentors told me it's it's like, as long as you don't get upside down in your mortgage, it's not bad. Exactly. You know, so like I was, I was trying to buy cheap, cheap, cheap. And I realized very quickly, it's like in that market that I was looking for five years ago, whatever it was. It's like, it was a seller's market. I wasn't going to find anything in the price that I wanted. So mm. I had to buy a little bit more than I really wanted to. But it's just, it was either that or a, a bank owned home that was, you know, flooded in the basement, needed all kinds of work. It was gotcha. about uh, 10 grand cheaper. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Appreciate it. But, but yeah, inflation's already hitting to a point where used cars market's going up. Yep. House, the house, funny, we're just talking about it. The housing market is booming beyond belief at I've, the moment but yeah. i really yes. believe i really too. believe oh, yeah. there's going to be a years. crash oh yeah absolutely in the next two to three years yep 100 yeah ben, ben disagrees mm. with us ben west yeah i remember, and, and I remember. And he is a mortgage dealer well didn't steve or broker what was, what was he's he's a agent. real real estate, real estate agent. agent yeah you know yeah. so he he believes it's 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 gonna hit but won't be nearly as bad as like 0708 i don't when yeah that hit. i agree with but that i think it's gonna get that bad i don't think it will uh there are a lot of because a lot of the people that are, I feel like, buying now or most of the people that got the checks coming in or the added unemployment money coming in so that they're making more now unemployment than they are at their actual jobs. And then they know once the market comes back in, they'll be able to get a job and find it. So Hopefully. I don't – Yeah. I, right. I mean, the economy is – and jobs are opening up every time the jobs number comes out. It's always higher than expected. So it it will come back. I do agree that there will be a housing crash, but I don't. I do agree it won't be as big as 07, but there will definitely the, the reset button will be hit, and there's going to be a lot of people foreclosing on their homes. Yes, that cannot I, afford. I thought you and Todd spoke of that being in and around construction or whatever, where you guys thought maybe that it was going to take a shit. Well, I, I believe year. like working in the <clears throat> construction field, I'm seeing things slow yeah. down, yeah. and mm-hmm. I really don't believe like next year, or the year <clears throat> after. A lot of people are going to be doing new construction. I think they're going to be just holding on, trying yes. to get back to normal, right. tr- just fixing the stuff that they have. Like all that, they're not going to be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I'm just going to replace all these things because they're broken and I don't know how to deal with them." Like, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you know what? I need to hire somebody who actually knows how to fix that because <laughs> I can't afford to replace it all." Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's going to happen, and, I, and I'm, I'm seeing that already. Like things are slowing down, and I'm really curious about the construction situation a lot because uh, with everyone working from home now. A lot of this expansing with either needing parking garage, parking, new buildings to fit new people. I think a lot of businesses are realizing, hey, we can actually have a lot of people just work from home. So new office spaces, new office. homes and such. I whatever. feel like there's going to be a lot of buildings in major cities that will end up just not being used or they're just going to have to either tear them down or repurpose them completely in some way or some form. That, that is definitely <laughs> the case. But like to Jake's point, yeah. like that could also mean just construction in a new field. That could That's be, true. could be yeah. somebody saying, hey, I need a new garage because I'm going to turn my garage <clears throat> into an office space so I can go out there and do whatever. I'm going to do an addition on the back of my house house to have a new office people are space. also doing breweries a lot too you've seen the micro brews and all that shit pop up all over all over ohio where yeah people are i mean really but, doing but that out of their garage moon, moonshine making a comeback yeah well let's let's hope so. if you know yeah. if everybody knows a guy I, yeah. i'm looking for some because the guy that i know who knew a guy he doesn't know the guy anymore like, I'll, I'll, damn get, it. I'll get you a connection yeah, i got so, some friends all right let me know because I, 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 I want i want two we'll, we'll talk yeah we'll talk about i that. want two yeah. courts but right. uh <laughs> supposedly uh, or allegedly all right, <laughs> all right so i mean but the downtown stuff makes a good point about that because if they do start having more of their people working from home, uh, maybe even two or three days a week, 
only coming to the office a couple of days a week. They could mm-hmm. stagger that where they could all downsize their buildings. They yep. can move out of the, the downtown spaces. The parking won't be as needed as much. Like There's a lot of things that could happen with that. I, I wonder what that's going to be like mm-hmm. in the next five years, really. Yes. It's obviously not going to happen in the next two years. Mm-hmm. It's too quick. Yep. But the next five years would be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm just very interested to see in how we will adapt and how we're going to start doing things new from now on. Yeah. Like COVID has definitely put us in a position that we've never been before. And it's curious how we're going to change and how many, how much of those changes will end up being permanent, not necessarily just until the virus passes or until we have it under control. So... Whenever that is after November, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I did that last time with Ben I'm just, too. Just I, I'm just, I'm just ready for red-blooded Americans to stand up and say, you know what, you can't tell me what I can and can't well, do. I'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm just ready for that. Not trying to get into this huge COVID thing, but the more and more, I, just this year, the last month or so, there have been a lot of lawsuits coming out where there's a lot more businesses standing up against what's going on. And there right will now, be. Or the leadership and of there the legislation will be. they want the yes. hell out. The, the, so. more, the more that the, the government tells them what they can and can't do, whether it's yeah. local, state, federal, doesn't matter. People are finally like, standing together. People are going to be like, you know what? I have a right to run my business and make a living. You can't tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like relating that to the protesting and the riots and all this stuff that's going on that we see constantly if more people continue getting pushed like this, is this why we're going to start seeing more people banding together and standing up finally where it's the, well, I don't, I don't know because like there's the issue with this. Like let's, let's talk specifically about all the protesting and the riots that happened. Uh, it was the George Floyd incident, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like all that, all that happened all of a sudden now everyone hates police officers, defund mm-hmm. the police. They're all evil. Oh my God. It's like, wait a second. I mean, we've got, millions upon millions of interactions every year of the public with law enforcement and guess what we've got a couple that go on cnn and fox news of like oh my god this cop shot this person did that yeah Yeah. there's only a couple out of millions okay so first of all things are pretty goddamn good 350 million let's be real honest we're gonna talk things are really good between now obviously they're they're pushing this like the the social media and and the press because what else they got to do? I mean, like they yeah. could talk about COVID or they could talk about, oh, the police are horrible now. So they can just mm-hmm. run with that and they, and they get headline. Clips. They'll just sprinkle some COVID you know, and like a salt like, shaker. But the, the problem with this is, as we've talked before in the podcast, <laughs> if you get a bunch of angry people together, bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. If they're out and being peaceful and they're doing a protest, they have every constitutional right to do that. And, and I support that. Yes. It's like, but if everybody's angry and they're out doing stuff like that's going to lead to bad things. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, like, law enforcement needs to come in and do their job, which is shut all that down and get rid of it. And unfortunately, what we've seen in these major cities like Portland and so on is that the the people in charge are saying, oh, hey, now, we're very progressive. Mm-hmm. This is their right to do that. They can burn down our cities. Until they're on our doorstep. Yeah, it's yeah. like they yeah. have every right to do that. Police officers, you guys stand down. Yep. Officer Brett, don't go out and do your job and yeah. actually – Protect the people you're supposed to protect. Just yep. let these hoodlums run, run amok. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's horseshit. Yes. And it's like, that needs to stop. That is killing cities and it's actually making a mass exodus from blue states. It's very interesting. I, I, mean, only, if, I only know of California and New York. What else is going on? Oregon is actually seeing. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oregon is actually seeing some uh, pulling out also. But like you said, California is the big one. Like, yeah, I and New York City. Like, I heard New Jersey. There. New Jersey had some also because that's where Tim Pool's leaving. Yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. But or... California is by far the biggest one. Lose. It's. I mean, the blood loss is real over there. Like the amount of people bu- pulling out, and the thing is, it it's going to make it interesting. Like I'm, I'm very analytical about things, so I like seeing 
stuff happen for the sake of, I guess, quote unquote, science. Uh, just kind of like when COVID happened and all like all the countries are shutting down. I'm like, no. I was like, I want one country to stay open. We need the counterfactual argument to if you don't shut down, this is what happens well, that's, when you but, don't shut down. But that's down. the problem with these arguments because and, no and, matter and what, Sweden, it's, a, it's and, a he said, she said thing. And then Sweden did it. Sweden didn't shut down. I'm like, thank you. And it burned, <laughs> it burned through the country and boom. And, and it's fine. Yeah. And they're actually good. The only thing that they're not doing right now is any, any major sporting or, con- or concert type events. So basically like not going to like an NFL game. But, I mean, everyone's going to work. They have childcare. Schools are fine. Actually, schools are fine in most, almost every European country and Eastern country out there. The only country I can think of off the top of my head right now that had somewhat of a spread that started when schools were open was Israel. And even then, they can't confirm that it was actually because the opening of the schools. But I don't know where, where the argument of don't open schools, it'll spread because every other Eastern European country and Eastern country on the Eastern hemispheres, open schools. Yeah. Without but dare I say those kids are healthier than American kids. Uh, Demographically. No. Uh, in some your Euro- Eastern European countries. Yes. And others, uh, not necessarily. Okay. So it's not anything to do with that. It, because it affects children so differently, even children who are obese children here in America. I mean, y- you can literally almost count on your hands and feet the amount of children who have died in America from COVID. Yeah. It's that small and insignificant. Like I'm, I'm not downplaying a child's loss or a loss of a child's life, but what there's going to be far more children dying of car crash from car crashes this year than there will yeah. ever be. Or just COVID. the regular flu. Yes. Yeah. So to Which... shut down schools over COVID does not make sense. And also there's been a lot of studies and that can't confirm one way or another that show that children especially middle school and younger can actually even transfer it to their parents or anyone elderly. So even if a, say a eight year old has COVID, there's no actual evidence that shows that that eight year old can transmit it to you or me. So it makes things very interesting and it makes things really dumb why we would just shut down schools. Also to mention that just recently this week, we have stories coming out now that political figures are holding back evidence and, and paperwork. Oh yeah. And uh, proving like in Tennessee, proving that they can't prove that it's bars and restaurants that are doing all this, that they're holding from the public proven evidential facts. Now finally coming out just this week that they're talking about. And Mm -hmm. it's because people held stuff away from the public and then oops, now it's out. Yeah, it was Nashville. I forget how many thousands of cases yeah. it was that they had, and out of, out of that those, they would point towards a restaurant or a bar that really. Well, no, out of those you. thousands of cases that they had, only I think it was like eighty of them actually came from bars and restaurants. Yeah, really? like it was, yeah. it was such a small yeah. like number. But that, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it doesn't fit their narrative, so that's not the information yeah. they push and, out there. And that's the thing that I think drives me nuts the most is the narrative of, uh, orange man bad, or if you have an R next to your name that you ran your uh, state awfully. Like the biggest one that gives me is uh, like Ron DeSantis and everything or Georgia and Florida. Like those two states caught so much flack like three months ago because they refused to shut down. Like they refused to shut down Jacksonville's beach. And when uh, they had like part people around the beaches and whatnot, they're raising cane. Like I brought some statistics. I know I kind of look like a crazy person with all this paperwork no, up no, here. Bring your paper, man. But <laughs> I mean, if you look from the deaths of COVID by capita, 
you have number one, New Jersey, number two, New York, number three, Massachusetts, number four, Connecticut, number five, Louisiana, number six, Rhode Island, number seven, Mississippi, number eight, District of Columbia, number nine, Arizona, number 10, Michigan, number 11, Illinois, number 12, Delaware. Like, uh, did, did I come by Georgia, Florida yet? Nope. No? Okay. And then number 13, Pennsylvania, number 14, Georgia, number 15, Florida, who are tied with California at, what, number 16. So those were the most awful states ever that never shut down. And, oh, those are the worst governors ever that they did not shut down their states and put everyone in their homes and shut down businesses. But yet here they are all the way down here. And guess who's number – well, actually, number one is New Jersey. But New York, honestly, in my opinion, ran it much worse. They had much worse uh, – uh, that's what I'm thinking of <laughs> – Kind of like priorities and their plan to set forth. Sucked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the media is running Kumo out there as like the de facto person of like this is how you should have run the COVID thing and he did it right is I just don't understand. I mean, it is literal gaslighting. I just do not understand. Uh, you're telling me not to believe what I see. I see a state that has thirty two thousand six hundred, or actually almost thirty two thousand seven hundred total deaths coming from COVID. The next state below them is New Jersey with 16,000. They have more than double. And the 32 being New York. Yes, 32,000 in New York. They have more than double the second place state. The third place state is Texas with 15,000. And guess what? Texas and New York have roughly the same populace. Yeah, and I don't think people recognize that. I was looking at those statistics a long time ago. And uh, and I and I, well, I was realizing that if you add up like Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, like all of that almost equals the population of New York City. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, I didn't realize there were so many people in Texas. Because you think yes. of Texas, it's so big, but everything's so spread out. Mm-hmm. You don't think of it being nearly as large as and, New York. And to give you an idea is that there's so many people in like the population isn't that much drastically different from Texas to New York. I mean, if you look at the if you now if you adjust it for capita per one hundred thousand New York is sitting at 170 people dead at every 100,000. Texas is only sitting at 51. and But yet, somehow, Como did a great job? Question mark? <laughs> like, I just don't get <laughs> oh, it. Gee, he's a media darling, and his brother works in the media. Who knew? Oh, I mean, Come on. Imagine if Donald Trump... Conspiracy theory no, on no, the smallest yeah, end. Now, I mean, now, just imagine for one second if Donald Trump Jr. had his own TV show right. on Fox and then interviewed his dad. Right. How well do you think that would go into mainstream media? Yeah. How much do you think they would be like, oh, this Probably is Probably so about cute. as well as anything with Trump but, in the but, media goes. Yeah, I this, mean. <laughs> this is the made-up soap opera stuff that makes everybody that has a brain in their head go, mm, see, that's kind of conspiracy-ish it's like, right there. Where do you think about it? But It's insane. I just don't get it. Like how it's like every red state they try to say is just run so horribly, so bad that Trump did a horrible job. Which he did not, in my opinion. No one's faced anything like this ever in our lifetimes or even the lifetime before us. And he actually did an okayish job. The only thing that he could have done slightly better was not completely do off with like or kind of like go against the whole mask thing. Like he, there was no reason to somewhat go against that. He should have just like accepted it. Like, hey, wear your mask. It could help. We don't have all the evidence or studies out there, but. If it can help, let's help our neighbors. Like, if he just put that message out there, I don't know really what else he could have done, honestly. I mean, you literally have on record every Democratic governor saying he did his job. He gave us the ventilators. Even uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, even a governor in uh, California, his name escapes me in my head right now, 
All on record. Yeah, Newsom. Gavin Newsom. uh, All on TV saying that he got us what we needed. We we there was never one state that needed ventilators that did not get ventilators. Trump gave them everything that they needed. Were there some fine tuning things that he could have done better? Yes, but that's hindsight. That's twenty twenty. Anyone out there saying that Trump did awful or he should have done this or that? Like no, you you're just dumb. I just don't understand the idea that Trump handled this so poorly. Like he was the first one that shut down uh incoming uh planes coming in from china yeah and that like, was not seen very well no it wasn't i mean he was getting called a xenophobe oh and yeah, you have was... nancy pelosi out there sitting in chinatown saying i enjoy my chinese people like what like he, he's stopping it not because he hates chinese people he's stopping it so that it doesn't get so heavily seated in america and that you can hopefully the ideal was is like stop it before it gets there but what we, we have to remember the, like, the plan was never to stop it Yes. The plan was to slow it. Well, orig- it was always here. It was going to be here. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, originally when he stopped the flights, at that point we we never at that point we're still not in lockdown mode. That, at that point I think they or at least he still thought that there was possibly a chance to stuff it out, but as 2 or 3 weeks came by, it, it was obvious that it wasn't because obviously uh the who was in bed with China and this virus was probably around <laughs> since late November, early December, so Honestly, the virus had three solid months of seeding across the world before anyone knew about it, how heavily it was affecting. Exactly. But at that point, I still believe he still thought that there was a chance that it might have been able to get snuffed out. And there probably was a chance, a very small chance. Oh, yeah. No, no, now knowing what we know about the virus and how long it's probably been active since late November, early December, there there was no chance. Yeah. Zero chance. I mean, it was so heavily seated already. But again, he was doing was the all. best he could with what he had. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, other than some semi-dismissing the mask thing, and I know he did a town hall on ABC. Why? I don't know. I know he's trying to get across the idea that he's got the energy and he's out there and he's talking and Joe Biden isn't. He's just a corpse in the basement somewhere that barely pops up to speak with someone up his hand up his back and then runs away. But he did a town hall on ABC where he kind of like, where someone asked him about, like, why did you not promote masks more? And his idea was like, well, I know people, and they say it's bad. And he's like, well, what people do you know? And instead of actually citing sources, I mean, there are sources out there. He he's, takes an anecdotal experience of saying he saw a waiter touch their mask and then handle the plate and hand the food over. Like, that's a terrible answer. But that it's, happens all day, every day. It, and it does. Mean... It does, but that's a terrible answer because yeah. there's already so much more evidence out there. Like in Scandinavian countries, it it's reported that only 8% of the people in Scandinavia actually wear their masks. Only 8%, but yet their affection rate and death rate are roughly the same as us. I mean, they have a little bit higher, but they also didn't shut down like we did. And But here in America, we're at like 77% people that wear masks. But yet there's ver- barely vary- any variance between countries that don't mask and us that do mask. And now I did the research and... Well, people say, oh, it's different for different countries and populace. Well, in those Scandinavian countries, they have roughly about 26 people per kilometer. Yes, I know they didn't bow the imperialistic square mile, but they did. They have roughly about 26 people per square kilometer, whereas in America, we have roughly about 34 people per square kilometer. So it's not necessarily we have so much more density. That's why we're spreading the virus. It's just there are studies that show that the mask isn't that effective. While they're while the best case study for the mask, the best one that they have for the mask is saying that is roughly about thirty percent effective. So I mean, 
at the best end, you have studies saying that masks are roughly 30% effective. And at the worst end, that there are studies that show that it's basically meaningless. So he could have used something like that, actual scientific evidence study rather than anecdotal <laughs> to explain his position on like why he doesn't. Why he doesn't he seem like a very scientific kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of what have coulda, shoulda, shouldas in there. That's one thing that really drives me nuts about him is that it, honestly, it drives me nuts both about both political parties is that politics in general, they're so dumb. Yeah. I've never met two political parties or an, I don't know how or who's controlling or who's trying to help Trump. I don't know if they're pushing him in certain behaviors and tweeting out certain things or taking interviews that he shouldn't get or saying certain things or if it's just all Trump. But literally all the Democratic Party had to do to not lose this election to 100 guarantee slam dunk not lose this collection is not lose their minds. What did they do? They lost their minds. They ran to the left. They're basically, they almost dominated an actual socialist and they have a vice president currently right now who is more extreme than said socialist candidate. Like if you, on her voting record, she is actually more left leaning than Bernie Sanders. Like Kalama Harris is actually more left leaning than Bernie Sanders by voting. If you look at her, if you look at her voting record, so all the left had to do was not lose their collective mind, not go so extreme. If they would have nominated, oh, I forget her name too, silver-haired lady. She served. She served in the military. Uh, she literally took out Kamala Harris in the debates. Uh, Andy's Andy's lady, Tulsi. Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. If oh, they would have nominated Hawaii. her, oh yeah. my gosh, she would have just mopped the floor with Trump, and she she we, would be our next president right yes, now. Yes, but. They can't control someone like her, and oh well, yeah, and that's the idea. And they want someone they can control, and that was because like you're looking at the Democratic Party. I've said this for mm-hmm. years. You can go back and listen to old podcasts. I like Trump is literally like the easiest person to beat ever. Yes, it's like all you have to do is put out somebody who's somewhat moderate, mm-hmm. stays somewhere in the middle, who's non-threatening, and yep. get elected in a landslide. Mm-hmm. What they do, they double down on crazy, like you said, yep. and they pander to the far-leaning left. Yep. And it's like, hold on, stop. You've already got their vote. They hate Trump. Hate mm-hmm. Trump. They're going to vote D no matter what. Yes. But if you pander in the middle somewhere to, I don't know, the general population, which more of us are becoming moderates, mm-hmm. as, as, as you should, as you get older, you should realize, should, hey, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. very left-leaning on certain things. I'm very right-leaning on certain things. But mm-hmm. generally, I'm very much in the middle. Yep. And it's like, I believe that's most Americans, most mm-hmm. people that I talk to. So if you pander to them... You try to get their votes, you'll get elected in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Biden is non-threatening. I think he could be seen as that, but the only problem I can't remember his fucking name. That's the thing is that he has been shown, and that's why they will not bring him out to take questions. Everything is off a teleprompter. You've had two of his speakers when asked, "Does he read off a teleprompter?" They will not say no. They can't say no because it'd be a flat-out lie. Like what his interviews are scripted. His interviews have a teleprompter answer yeah. for the questions that are being asked. The dude is a basically a walking corpse. There are true and people, signs of cognitive decline. Yes, he is not fit for that job. No, and well, and that's and that was the idea in the plan, and he even knew it himself by saying that he's a transitional uh, figure. That I think a lot of people who are moderate do know and understand that he's basically is a Trojan horse. It's oh, here's moderate old Uncle Buck Joe. He's gonna go into office. You remember him from the Obama years, but then lo and behold, probably. Six months to a year after he wins, here comes Kamala Harris, the most radical left-leaning voting senator ever. So people, I think, who are in the middle know that and are scared to vote for Biden. And if he does debate Trump, oh, my 
gosh, that's going to be fireworks. It'll be watched almost as much as the Super Bowl I've heard being talked about constantly. <laughs> because the, yeah. just, just to what's going on this year and the fact of people want to see that, especially if it were to get on Rogan and Spotify, people would pay-per-view and pay for that shit for yes. sure. But like, That would be insane. I have a question because a well-informed citizenry – citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. Jefferson said that or the populace or whichever quote you go with or whatever, looking at the society today, just knowing friends, family, coworkers, whatever, Mm -hmm. how, I don't want to say how dumb all of us are, but the fact that like some people, what was the 40% of people in America can't pass a citizenry test or whatever that immigrants Uh, try to do now or whatever it is. Oh dude, I got one worse for you. I don't mean to cut you off, but I just, I, I read one thing that, uh, a poll amongst young people between 80, 18 and 39, 18 and 39 or 18 and 29. I can't remember. It was either 29 or 39. But Probably 39. Between those most likely. ages, two-thirds of two thirds of those people did not realize that millions of Jews died in the Holocaust. Oh, that. Oh, maybe it's less than 39 then, yeah. And in New York specifically, 60% of those same people within that age group. Never heard it mentioned. Thought yeah. the Jews were responsible yeah, for yeah. the Holocaust. That's, that's that is insane. But that's but that's what but I mean yeah. though. With the, with the whole, I, I go back to that all the time. I'm not, you know, whatever. But that's one of those things that's stuck. Where I won't memorize the quote all the time. You know, mm-hmm. when I look at it. But when you look at the fact of, like when Ben Carson was running back in the day, and he talked mm-hmm. about how a mountain man that would just come in or whatever could give you a sit down and have a political talk with a business owner or whatever it was. I know everything was going on in the news or going on in the world, and he's been living out on the range or whatever in the mountains for weeks. Just the fact that he's well-informed or he talks to whoever to find these things out. Like how how unwell-informed are we that it causes problems with like the, the police officers, the defunding, the jobs, mm-hmm. these riotings, whatever, voting, all this shit that, that it's it's so crazy to think that how dumbed down we are that, we wouldn't be in these situations in a lot of places if we took more responsibility on ourselves. I don't know if you both, but there's, but there's a problem thoughts on that. People have to do it for themselves. Exactly. And they won't do that. They'd rather watch dancing with the stars and play fantasy football. Right. And, and one of those reasons though, in my mind is that people know that police officers and people out there are keeping them safe and doing these things. Do people really know that? I think a lot that I know, know that like the general population, you talked about the general population or the, the people that are more middle, a lot of them do. That's why they just yeah. go about their life. They want their life to mm-hmm. be, eh, this is good. There are police officers. We do have people I can call the ambulance or whatever. And, like, not everybody lives in New York or Portland or whatever else. There's a lot of America that's just in a small town or and, smaller towns or and rural-ish. Even, a, even those places that are being burned, like Kenosha, a lot of those people are bust in. Like, a lot of those people are not from Kenosha. A lot of them are not even from Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. And a lot of them are also the people that when – Waters World or whoever else are these YouTube stars or people that are out there go out and take a microphone into a big crowd are the ones that don't know their ass from a hole in the ground mm-hmm. and they can't answer what state's right next door to their state. And it's like a lot of them are the ones that are being thrown in or the younger ones that, again, the fringe like you talked about before, that that's not all of America. A lot of America does know what the hell is going on around them. I don't know. I don't think to an extent, though. And I think no? BLM showed that. And I'm somewhat thankful that they did. Now, I'm somewhat thankful, too, that people realized what they actually stand for. But I think but I think you're giving the American public too much credit. And I used to do that. Too. I hear that a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm an optimist. That's yes. why and people tell me that all the time. That and I don't look at negative stuff. Up until the second election of Barack Obama, I lost faith in the American public. 
I don't blame people for voting him the first time because that dude spoke so good. And not to mention... Yeah, I, hope and change duped a lot yeah. of people. It's and just, John McCain basic. was honestly one of the worst <laughs> people up there with Hillary Clinton that they ever could have put against him. And uh, he spoke really well. He did good. and But after watching his what he did, and then people voted for him again, especially after the Iran deal, and people were just like, yep, we're going to vote for him again. That's when I was like, yep, we're done. And honestly, even at this point right now, Hillary still won the popular vote over Trump. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't like Trump. I voted for him. I voted against him in the primary. And I am not a fan of him as a person. And it's one thing, that, as I don't want to run off too many rabbit trails, but I hate him it's easy to <laughs> as a person. But legislatively, he's done a good job. It's kind of like Barack Obama is was the complete opposite. He had a good, what seems like a good loving wife, two daughters, great family, everything like outside. So fantastic. Yeah. Outside everything outside of his political realm seemed good. He seems like a he seemed like a good man, but his policies were utter evil. Honestly, evil. He support like like I I've already brought it up, but the Iran deal. And there's also a plethora of other things that he did with the IRS and targeting certain uh, conservative things. Yeah, like if you all take that, yeah. all of the political stuff out, he looks on the outside like a really good upstanding human being and individual. But politically he was such an evil, awful person. He ended up getting voted in again. That's where I lost all hope and all hope. And with Trump, it's like the opposite here. You have someone on the outside who is, Multiple mistresses, multiple wives, multiple kids with uh, multiple women has talked about putting his finger up certain areas. Says and, things all the time. And people are like, Ugh. yeah, and <laughs> he's just an overall just scummy, disgusting person. But politically, he's done so many leagues better and good than Obama. But like Matt said, that's the whole we talked about with Ben with the what or the what about ism or whatever. But he says all the time Hillary's way much worse, which is one of the reasons that. People were completely afraid of that lady. It, and well, and if you look at the numbers too, Trump only won because he was actually able, capable of pulling a small amount of percentage of people that normally don't vote out to vote for him. But we also have an electoral college for a reason. Well, yeah, and, and trust me, I love the electoral college. It's the whole idea of yeah. people who want to say, "Oh, the electoral electoral college is awful and it keeps the voice of the minority down." Um, the minority group actually won. Yeah. It's it, it's there to help. <laughs> it's it's help it's there to help protect the people who don't have a voice. Cuz I mean if you honestly if you ever look at a map on Google and just look up uh uh the Trump election or honestly even the 2016 election where Obama won uh, won against Romney and look at it by county, how much of the US is actually red? is actually insane and where it's at in blue. Mm -hmm. And he beat Romney by a pretty decent margin. I think it was by like 3 million votes. It's to protect the vast majority of the country from the crazies that live in the corners. <laughs> like right. you got New York <laughs> and California that are so densely blue and so many people that vote that way. that It protects those people in those quote unquote prestige classes from just manhandling and dictating what all the other people across the United States actually do with their lives. It's to protect the minority it's to keep certain people from just dictating and being able to it's to keep the 51 percent from manhandling what the 49 percent do that's why the electoral college is there it's a great tool yeah 
but well, it's it's also funny because a lot of people think that the the uh, the founding fathers and this and that they 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 wrote this a long time ago and like you hear Joe Rogan talking about his last you know uh, his last special is like oh he wrote it on feathers this is ridiculous like hold on <laughs> stop these people were much more like well rounded with their education than we are today they were much more smarter if uh, I guarantee you any of them one of them would have taken an IT test against Joe Rogan they would have smoked him no it's it's it's, it's not it's, the Joe Hogan obviously it's it's the joke that he's making obviously yeah. it's 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 about like people think that just because we're farther along in time that we've progressed we're, yes. we've gotten yeah, smarter exactly. no. everything's better it's like that is not the case no. No. if you don't believe it's the case go back and try to read the Federalist Papers <clears throat> good luck understanding that shit and guess yeah. what it's written in English yeah. not even old English yeah. takes being a lawyer to understand yeah. Th- they're yeah. words that you don't understand what they are. And these, these were just published for the general population to read and go mm-hmm. to their town halls and discuss. Yes. Like these people really thought things out. And mm-hmm. we have a very good system with checks and balances that are there to protect us as citizens. Yeah. As we, al- need, we need to be very happy. That's always drove me nuts. It's like, oh, it, it was so long ago. They weren't up with the times. Like, all right, I'll, I'll take the Mayans, for example. They were able to predict fairly accurately, I think within like 93%. How big the Earth was from the stars, like that. Okay, Joe or Joe Rogan or anyone who wants to criticize anybody from the past, I want you without any technology, just go out there, look at the stars, tell me how big the world is. Like they did this. Yeah, figure it out without your iPhone shitheads. Yeah, it's like I don't (laughs) understand. I don't understand the ideology of like, uh, oh, this guy. They they lived two hundred years ago, so therefore they weren't that smart. No, they were. They were intelligent. No, it's it's just it's the the fallacy that they think just because we've lived longer in time mm-hmm. then we must be smarter and better now yes and it is not the case no it is not the case at all now like these assholes watch the kardashian show whatever the fuck yeah. it's called it's like like those people think that's good entertainment and tv it's like mm-hmm. you're the problem with america yeah they didn't get to be a three billion dollar empire without without people dumb fucks. attention to yeah. them dumb yeah. fucks <laughs> watching it if the kardashians show is on my life's still going on i don't give a crap what they're doing with their lives so, like i don't yeah. understand why it was a couple of years ago i was i was sitting at the gym saturday morning <laughs> at my old weightlifting gym and the coach said something about kim kardashian i'm like who's that he's like man i love you <laughs> like, that makes me so happy because i had no idea like, i don't know well, i don't pay attention to the media or watch tv you you said something about the crazies earlier and i was i did want to ask one of the questions about being a police officer have you had interaction with crazies with protesting or rioting or anything like that going on in ohio because i know you said ohio was fairly calm but have you guys ever had no that? we were close to being called out <clears throat> our swat team was close to being called out uh initially i think it was the week after the george floyd incident okay and there was so when the riots and protests were going around the country. Yeah. Yes, we were close to being called, but we did not get called. So, so you've got so to deal with them personally. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, no. Now, I have been a, within 100 feet of protests and whatnot, but okay. they were peaceful. They were good. Were they acting stupid? Yes, but not illegally. Okay, so being a police officer around criminal activity and whatnot, you have seen personally obviously criminal activity and the things that happen in and around Ohio. And what was that question again? Let's shoot. You, you've seen criminal activity, like some crazy stuff, like what we see on the mainstream news or whatever, like in, in Ohio. No drugs. No, you haven't seen that yet. He, oh, he, not just, oh, not just okay. protesting and rioting. I just mean okay, like gotcha. just, just in uh, general, not like anything OD or anything. Okay. okay you, yeah, you'll see it. Okay. The general dude just kind of like high off his kite. And it's kind of like, all right, enjoy, okay. Enjoy see, your day, okay, man. Gotcha. Enjoy your day. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That was just I just wanted to know for sure like mm. if if you've seen stuff like the crazy nut, nuts yeah cuz 
that, that stuff fascinates me. It's one of the reasons I wanted to be a police officer before that. So you can go to crazy is, people? No, I just, I wanted to. Do you have that sense where you're like, you're doing your service and whatnot because you're serving all the time? Obviously, you can't drink, you can't travel, you can't do, like I said earlier, these things mm-hmm. that, 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 just you making the statement, it just kind of put into perspective just now, like, wow, I, I do a lot of stuff that just being a police officer, if you're on call yep. or whatnot, I could not do that. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck on that. And, but. and I do, but like I said, I've never really drank in the first place. Like, I never drank, so it never. No, but the fact that when people look at, say, defunding police officers yeah. or whatever, this, that, and the other, all these things, that how much service you guys really do when you're yes. not even actually physically on the job seeing the crazies or whatever, the criminal activity, whatever. It, it does drive you nuts to an extent <clears throat> because it's like, you don't know me personally, but yet you're willing to call me a racist. Yeah, because you're a cop. You, you have a badge. You either. want me to not have my job. You want me to not be able to support my family. Yeah. Like, and serve your community, which yeah. is what you yeah. do. It, it's like, why? Like, somebody I, listening to this, he's a cop. He talked about Trump. He likes him. He voted for him. He's evil. Well, he must it, be a bigot. I don't like him. Okay. Like, he's right. not the type of person I'd but be like, oh, let's the go fact that, The fact that people <laughs> would take something from a little bit or whatever like this, where, yeah. oh, he's a guy that wears a badge. He's one of these evil cops. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever someone, the names they call you, yeah. whatever. And he voted for him because the other side's way more far, goofy, wacko, evil, whatever you yeah. want to call them that you might not like. They're going to call you an evil, bigoted person oh, yeah, absolutely. as a police officer. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, and that's fully to be expected. I mean, anything short of that, I would actually be surprised. <laughs> and, and see, when, instead of trying to have these conversations like we talked about before, the defunding the police thing or whatever else, where when I physically asked people all over Facebook and sending text messages out because I wanted to get these things when people were yelling and screaming, defund the police when this all first happened, and I had cousins and family members and coworkers say, you got to defund the police, you got to, and then what I would ask, what exactly do you want to do? Do you want to take it away from this department or all police officers in general? And then they'd tell me, you go do the research. I don't have time to look that up. I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Then? Look, lucky for you, I did. Oh, he brought more stats to me. <laughs> uh, I like it. This, you can actually not find on their website anymore. You used to be able to go, like, if you just Google BLM. What website is that? Uh, from Black Lives Matter. Okay. This used to be on their website. If you go, if you just typed into Google BLM, what we believe, you'd see a link, you'd click it, it'd take you there. Is that the one that the guy originally started or the one that got hijacked and taken over? Because I know there's two factions. I've heard this constantly. No, this is these just BLM is BLM. It's been the same since it ever started back uh, when Michael Brown, when Michael Brown got shot. killed. Okay. It's never really drifted from it. This has always been their ideology. <laughs> this has always been what they believed. And I think... And kind of going back to what we were talking about a while ago is that, excuse me, too much water, uh, where a lot of the section in the middle of the country actually was supporting BLM. If you actually look after the George Floyd incident, BLM never grew above 30% uh, like uh, approval, approval rating okay. until after the George Floyd. After George Floyd, it jumped to 57%. So over almost 60% of the country, well over half was actually in support of BLM. That's where I disagree with you that I don't think the vast majority of people like, oh, they just want BLM to stop. I think now they do because a lot of people are starting to understand what they actually believe and a lot of people actually, a lot of foot traffic started going to their website. You used to be able to find this on their website. About four days ago, you would click the link to go there and it would it would take you to the site and said, oh, this, this, this page has been taken down. So you couldn't find this what anywhere. What you've got. What I've got. Okay. And then... Up until last night, I tried looking for it again. It doesn't even come up on Google search anymore. And what is that? 
This is BLM statements, what they believe. You used to be able to find this on their uh, actual website. So what they mean by defund the police and everything that they believe. Uh, they want step one. So just out of curiosity, I mean, were you like ever like, okay, I, I believe in BLM. I would march with them type of feeling or anything? Me, no. No. No, I, I think okay. that, like again, I think people have the right to protest. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're out there and they want to talk about uh, shooting deaths and those kind of things, like we can talk about those specific Individual incidents. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, but those are the only things that we can talk about. Okay. We, can, we can't talk in generalities about all these things that they don't know about. Yeah, I was just wondering because I know some people will say, "Oh yeah, March will be on." Well, do you know truly what they believe? Well, no, but I believe Black Lives Matter, so I want to support them because of the George Floyd incident. And it's like, I wish Andrew were there. Here. There is a there is a difference between saying Black Lives Matter and organization black lives matter exactly. there is right right yeah, that's term, a very different thing the term black lives matter is that's what they tend to do and honestly it's I, marketing isn't it? it well it's marketing and it's loaded it, it's it's just a loaded statement and i i hate doing this because it, it comes it boils down to uh hitler had a dog so therefore you are hitler because right. you have a dog right. but a lot of the nazism started out like this where they would take a loaded sentiment or a loaded statement and just compile everything within a statement that everyone would agree Into with that yeah. do you agree black lives matter the the lives individually yeah do you yeah, believe sure. that yeah it's a human life exactly yeah. so they take a statement like that and then that is so uncontroversial yeah. everyone believes black lives matter unless you're a racist well that, that and, makes me think of my buddy at work he goes like this all the time with the fist up and he goes black lives matter i'm like yeah and like what what are you getting at yeah. bud? like what are, you, what are you trying to so sell me? for people who want to say and support Black Lives Matter, here is what they actually believe. And let me know if there's anything that here that you would actually agree with. One, rape, reparations through so, racial socialism. So reparations basically meaning that <clears throat> if they can trace or in, in their sense, it basically if you're black, it doesn't matter if they can trace your answer. You're owed something, if you're, yes. That's what they that, said. That you're yes. owed. Yes. That we demand reparations for past and continuing harms, including both corporate and government reparations for a litany of ills that include Food, apartheid, and racialized capitalism. Government reparations will take the form of a guaranteed minimal livable income for all black people. So that means they don't even have to work a job that they're going to be guaranteed that they can just live at home and do nothing. That they're, doesn't sound like the America that I love. Yes. And this is from the website you're yes. saying. Okay. Uh, they want universal health care policy mandates that wealthy residents may pay for with their services with low income and working class folk re- receive free services. Basically socialism. That's a, that's a real, real yeah, right, roundabout right. way of saying socialism. Sum it up and just say it. Maybe less words. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, black Americans will also receive government funded control of food sources, housing, and land. Robust reparations program include full and free access for all black people, including undocumented and currently and formerly incarcerated people to lifetime education at any any university, community college or technical education facility, as well as retroactive forgiveness of student loans. So basically, if you're a black person, you have student loans, forget about it. Uh, Number two, and by the way, there are 10 of these. Or yeah. no, nine of these. Sorry, <laughs> do we have time for that? <laughs> let's, let's gloss over that. Yeah, uh, number two would be replacing education with uh, welfare services, and the big one here that stuck out to me that I think is just awful. Uh, I'm not an advocate for abortion. I believe that's life. Uh, it just kills me that the left want to say science is science, but then deny that there's actual human whole life inside somebody. There, yeah. That's a whole other yeah. thing. But I will say the one thing that really bugs me about this one is that you would be replacing school into well, well welfare services where they would 
talk about intersectional and martial cultural studies and everything. But then it would also be kind of like a, uh, uh, almost a medical place at, that would include free abortions for minors. It says that on the thing right there. Without, speci- without saying that there is a minimum age. So there is no minimum age. So you can have a 10-year-old that rolls in there pregnant, give me an abortion, take an abortion, no questions asked. Girl could have been raped, anything, no investigation done. They just, She gets an abortion. So how do you guys do your job then? <laughs> and then <laughs> number three, defunding the police and ending prisons. Uh, they want to end all jails as we know them and turn them into uh, youth facilities uh, house arrest would be promoted equally with imprisonment. So instead of actually going to jail, you would just serve house arrest. It, that seems great. And the government would also extend Pell Grant money, which I don't know if you guys know, Pell Grant is used for uh, getting money that you would use to like go to school. It's kind of like an emergency type fund that you would not have to pay back. Well, they would expand Pell Grant to fund, to educate inmates and allow access to gender affirming surgeries. So basically, huh. you've get... heard in in jail, people have that. If you're in, if you're in a, uh, whatever, you could be a male that's in a women's, yeah. whatever, and yeah, they I've would heard those. You too. would get free paid, yeah, transsexual surgery done for you. And is that coming from taxes? Because I don't know where else they're getting their money from. Private companies, what the? Hell? They also don't believe they dis- They don't believe in the nuclear family. They don't believe that uh, any house should just have like they feel like single parenthood is okay. Which is it's not okay. It's preferred. Yeah, it, that, yeah, that's what I mean. They prefer that. They do not like the idea of the nucleus family. They actually see it as like the Western ideology, imperialism being pushed. And that's upon one them. of the bullet points on yes. there, though, yeah. from from the website. Yeah. Yes, yep. and they their idea is that to support as a village. Uh, they want to start a global liberation movement to overthrow capitalism. So pretty much right there, more, more says, Marxism stuff, yes. socialism. Stuff. Well, all the founders are actually Marxists. Just hide it under a different name. Yeah. And number six, higher taxes <laughs> with specifically racial focus, uh, which this one's always baffled me, is uh, the group writes confusingly that governments have increasingly decreased the use of progressive taxation. As a result, the wealthiest Americans and powerful corporations continue to evade their fair share of taxes. So I'm old enough to know and understand that anytime we talk about taxes, what is the number one talking point of Republicans? Lower taxes. Closed loopholes. Oh, that too. What's the number one talking point about Democrats? Raise taxes. Why do you think that is? Why do you think every major corporation is pro-Democrat? Does every Republican talk about closing loopholes, though? Yes. Because I don't know how true that is on the that, facts. That, as far as from Bush era all the way to concurrent. Are we talking about presidents or are we talking about just Presidential candidates. Senators and House members yeah, say some, a lot of different Senate, stuff. Yeah, senators, so. I will agree with that, but a lot of your Republican presidents, uh, yeah. uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He wanted to do like a flat tax rate and everything else. The, the idea, Kane. Yes, Herman yeah, Cain. Like the idea is yeah. oh, from a lot of Republican presidential candidates and everything, even Ted yeah. Cruz and whatnot, is – Let's close loopholes. We don't yeah. need to raise taxes. Tax rates are already yeah. They had a three, three, one percent or whatever the thing was. One, one, yeah. one, whatever. So, everybody pays. So the idea is support. close the loophole. That's how you're going to get certain companies like General Electric and everything else to pay more money. Right. 
because they're using loopholes to not pay taxes. What well, the thing de- about the, the flat tax would be fair and simple if it, yes. was, if it was set that way and you didn't yes. have all the laws upon laws upon laws upon laws. But what do we do in this country? But now you have you have Democrats always say raise taxes. Why? Because yeah. they're already in beds with their friends to say, oh, you use this a loophole, use this a loophole, use this a loophole. So we should never talk about raising taxes. We should talk about closing loopholes. If you really want to target the most powerful, wealthiest companies in the world and you want them to pay their taxes – Close the loopholes. Like, I just don't understand that. It's what the the right tends to talk about almost more often than not is closing the loopholes. And the left just talks about raising taxes. Okay. And number seven is reparations for drug dealers. Uh, basically, they just believe that any and all drugs should be able to be sold. Prostitution should be legal. Uh, number there, there is a libertarian argument for the, all the drugs being sold, though. So, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a talking point. There. Uh, number eight, about. reparations for foreign nations and terrorist states. Uh, we they believe that we should repay certain countries because of our warmongering, such as Somalia, Iraq, Libya, and Honduras. If you all don't know, those are very highly contested and, uh, let's just say, terrorist countries. People get yanked <laughs> out of their bed when they're kids and get thrown yeah. into a group where they have to be in that group the rest and of their life. Number nine, their last way. one, is let incarcerated prisoners, illegal immigrants, and felons vote. Yeah, and 12-year-olds and then Oh, yeah. Else. Uh, yeah no, sure. not 12, 16. Oh, They whatever. do believe okay. in pre-registering up to 16 years old and when so, 16 year So olds. your 10 bullet points are from Black nine, Lives nine. Matter. Nine. Black Lives Matter website that used to Work. be there. Yes. That are no longer there. They're no longer there. And that so, was their statement of whatever. Basically, their statement of demands in, yeah. a, in a sense. But that's what, they, that's what they believe as an organization. So anytime someone asks you that or you ask them, what do you think Black Lives Matter represents? What do you think they want? This is what they want. And well, a lot of people don't know that. 60% of Americans didn't know that. And until recently, until the riots continued right. and the burnings continued and people started getting more foot traffic onto this site and seeing this, BLM's support has been dropping precipitously, like but very fast. If we don't have these conversations to talk about this stuff, again, like what you had a conversation with Andrew when BLM came up and whatnot, there are so many people in this country that hear – Black Lives Matter, the entity, they don't look at the website, they don't look at all the stuff, the factions, mm-hmm. the funding that people are throwing at these uh, these folks to go out and riot or protest, if you want to yep. call it that. They, like Andrew, they will support their family and friends that are people of color or a black person or whatever else, where they will go out and protest with them because they are a black person. Well, okay. that They don't look at that. Where, like Again, with my friend who's a black guy at work that says all the time, and he does that all the time because he messes mm-hmm. with me, but he knows we'll have the conversation we yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, so black lives do matter. Yes, you're right. Correct. What do you want me to say further? What are you trying to get at? He'll do it just because he knows he puts his fist up to mess with me. It's not yeah. – he might have never been on that website. He might not fully support the whole faction of the rioting and the protests and the loots and all that. He probably doesn't. Nope. If we have the conversations back and mm-hmm. forth, you know, we've had these. But when he does that, it's just a lot of people do to get a rise. How many people actually, yes, 100% support black lives because they are human lives, and that's yes. why they do it. So I wanted to tell this to Andrew because with that whole argument back and forth, there are so many people, again, with the non-well-informed populace that are just – they are dead set on – they believe 100% that all lives matter because it's a human life. Mm-hmm. Black lives, white lives, pink lives, orange, whatever, doesn't matter. They will believe that. You can't say because, orange. That's offensive. Yeah, yeah orange I'm man, sorry, dad, Trump, You forgot about that. I'm sorry, you <laughs> overzealous Trumpy Tanner people out there. I Stop. You're killing yourself. But like, they, they, they just mean that all lives matter because they believe all human life matters. That's what they mean by it. There are people that say black lives matter because they feel like all black lives matter. 100%. But... Right. People, some, like myself, will say, 
not everybody's life matters because somebody that's a serial murderer or rapist or whatever else that well and even blm they probably don't matter as much as you and, guys i kind of prefer you guys. and the ironic <laughs> thing about blm is they don't even believe all black lives matter they only believe certain black lives matter like if you look uh, a couple months ago even don lemon pretty much admitted that right on air on cnn well again where someone gets shot and killed and it's like well what about this guy well, it wasn't a part of the movement. It's not part of the narrative. Do you so, watch stuff like, on YouTube and Instagram and all that all the time? Or like well, side I videos or do, rabbit hole stuff? I do not do social media. Okay. I have no anything. <laughs> there are there are, there are are websites and things that I follow. There are you know the guys on Instagram or Facebook or whatever to follow. And things I look at YouTube or whatever. Where it will show a group of black men marching around in a street where all these these BLM protesters are showing up in waves or drones or whatnot, and they're in the middle of an intersection, and this guy's got a bullhorn in his hand, and he is screaming at both sides of them, yelling at them, do all black lives matter, yelling at them in their face. You didn't come out until there was a felon. You didn't come out here when there was 30 people that died in a weekend. You didn't come mm-hmm. out here when all these children got shot by drive-bys. We're out here every day of our lives because this is our city and our town. They're screaming at them. And if and he says, where the fuck were all y'all when all these kids were dying? And, and he's screaming at them. And nobody's answering them. They're silent listening to this guy saying, we're here in the shit doing it. Where are you guys? And, and like they ask that question, like you just said, all here, the time. And here's the thing, too, is it's not – most of the support doesn't come from blacks. It doesn't. It comes from rich, white, guilted folks. And <sighs> I see a lot of that. And, I mean, if you look at a lot of these riots, it's white people. There's white people doing it. So the idea that like people want to be like, oh, see, blacks are acting like animals. No, they're not. It's it's not even blacks doing it. It's white people. They're the insane ones doing all this stuff. And actually, the whole idea of defund the police, majority of blacks don't want that because they live in the inner city. They live in the crime yeah, areas. Yeah, I heard they what, what is it, 80% police. or 81% once more, once more police? Yeah. Than... I mean, if they, you look up interviews, they'll go up and talk to a guy on the street and you're like do you support the fund he's like no <laughs> he's like i want them <laughs> like yeah. we we don't need to defund them we need to give them more money yeah and so Isn't that I mean, the truth and and to my last point here on blm is that i, I kind of wanted to go through the radical stuff that they they do and people don't understand but i also want to go to the idea of black lives are under assault every day like the basic premise of what BLM is and why and why your average person who doesn't know the radical stuff will bark will march with BLM that even that statement itself is not true. Like you said, I agree that people have a right to protest, but I'm also agreed that say you're wrong. <laughs> that the idea that blacks live under existential threat every day and Joe Biden has come out and said this, and so has Kamala Harris, and it drives me utterly insane that they would ever say this, that black people live in constant fear of their lives because of racism. And if they walk down the street with a hood up, they'll get shot. Yes, that is, that, that is is patently insane. So just to start this off, now, granted to know there are 60 million black people in America. So even if you cut that number right down in half and say that 30 million are male, so you got 30 million male blacks, but they want to say all. So actually, no, we're going to go with all. So we're going to go 60 million. So out of 60 million black people in America, in 2017, 223 of them were shot by police. 223. Imagine if we only had 223 COVID deaths. Do you think that would make national news? No. Not even close. And that's not even saying that those were bad shootings. Those were just people that were shot. And by the way, whites had 457, Hispanic had 179. In 2017, do you think if anything had that many deaths in a year across the United States, it would ever make news? 
Never. Not. In 2018, there was 209. In, tw- in 2019, there was 235. So you're telling me out of a land of 60 million, you're talking about 0.0001% of the populace is being shot by police. And the vast majority of those are going to be justified. Those are justified shoots. And not even that, but even in 2019, only 13 13 unarmed people were killed in 2019. 13 black males were killed unarmed in 2019. And then now that term unarmed goes very broad, meaning that if you got a case of a guy that has a gun in his car and a cop sees it and he's like, don't reach for the gun. The guy goes like this and he shot, shoots and kills him. That's considered unarmed because it wasn't on his person. So even the term unarmed is very liberal and only 13 of them were shot and killed. And it doesn't even mean that those 13 were, or it doesn't mean that they're shot and killed. It just means they're killed. They could have been killed by other means like George Floyd which now we know more stuff that looks like it was actually excited delirium and not necessarily the knee that was on his neck, which that causes a whole other big issue. Uh, So you only have 13. So you have 13 unarmed black males killed. Even if you want to say all of them were unjustified, you had 13 that were unjustified. Even if you want to say all 235 were unjustified in 2019, that they were unjustified, you're still talking about 0.00001% of the black population. I have a question about how many, how many of your coworkers have you spoke to black or white guys? Doesn't matter. Hispanic dudes, whatever, doesn't, whatever color your skin Mm -hmm. is, how many people have you talked to that you work in or with around that have actually brought these kinds of things up or talk about these things that makes your job harder where you got to think all this crap in your head when you go out every day. Uh, Honestly, not a lot. We okay. tend not to talk about any. You probably can't get into this stuff or cause a problem at work. And or... Not even necessarily that. It's just something you don't want to think about, like on the job. That's what. I, okay, so, so okay, okay, that makes sense. You're right. Why would you want to get fresh in your mind before you go out and do yeah. it? You know? Like yeah. me, me I, and one. It's only for people who are capable of doing it. Like, uh, but how many people like, do you think though that probably has rolled through their mind at some point? They're, they know their profession. You know. Uh, it's hard to say. Everyone's different. Okay. Like everyone. Is that trained out of you guys though, or no. you try to? I mean, is no. there any kind of? It's okay. just, it's honestly just per person. Like when I was overseas and we lost a guy, uh, uh, not to say this in a funny way, but he literally took an RPG to the face and was decapitated, and he died. And there were certain guys that could not talk about it. Like if you mentioned his name, you have like, to oh. shut it off. Yep, you yeah. just had to shut yeah, it I off. Get it. All right. And then I was in the car with one other guy because when they went in foot patrol, um, uh, the MRAPs that we have, you have a button that you can push for exterior comms, and if you let it go, it would just be interior comms for the vehicle. So we had a mounted and foot patrol, so we were out mounted and we parked, and then they got out and was on footed. So it was me and the driver, and he's like, "Hey man, you want to talk about blah blah blah?" I'm like, "Sure, dude, anything." And we were just talking about it, and he's like, oh, dude, it's so good to actually talk to somebody that just can openly talk about it. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, once again, not to put myself as a bad person, but I I was different then, and I honestly didn't lose a whole lot of sleep when he died. A, a lot of people, especially in the military, come up with uh, dark and sick jokes yes. to deal with all the stress and yes. the trauma that they've seen. And, and I, it's, it's looked down upon by a lot of civilians who don't understand where they're coming from. It's seen as mean and evil and all these kind of things. Like... Guys, it's just how they deal with it. And I don't know if it was just specifically me or like specifically that platoon and battalion I was around, but they were not like that. They were not the dark, 
crude humor or talk about people. Like, they just really weren't. Like, after he died, that shook a lot of people Okay. to where they would not talk about it. And that one other dude was just like, he was like, oh, man, thank goodness I was able to, like, just talk about it, like, anything. Because, like, most of the guys, like, he said, every one of my squad just clams. Because I actually got swapped over to another truck for that mission. I was with another, a different set of uh, guys. But he was just like, thank, thank goodness. So people deal with things completely differently. Yes. Like some things may weigh on their mind and uh, just cause them roadblocks and while, while they're really thinking about it and others don't. And criminals even understand this. There's a notorious criminal, I can't remember his name, who put a video out there when he was in prison still. And he said, yeah, he's like, I got it way easier than the cops. He's like. I pull my gun, I pull the trigger, I don't think about anything. I don't have to think about anything. Yeah, rules of engagement are very different. Yeah. He's like, for him, when he pulls that gun, he's got to think, is he really got a gun? I got kids and family. I got to worry about my job. He's like, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah. He's got everything It's going to gonna be on about. the news. I'm going to get yep. death threats now. And, oh, and this was years before even BLM. I mean, we're talking that, I think this interview was like 15 years ago. Of so that relates back to Andrew talking about people with nothing to lose that just Go haywire, do whatever. So, I mean, even just the basic premise of Black Lives Matter, why your average American would go and march with them, not because of the radical stuff, but just because of the the feeling like LeBron James saying, oh, we're living in a time of where you got to be careful every time you walk. It's open season on black people. It's patently insane. And then not even that, 90% of the black population who dies from homicides are from other blacks. 90%. 90%. It's most of it's gang every, violence. And that's honestly almost unique in America. It's somewhat unique in European countries too, but it is more so unique in America that almost all crime is intra-racial, intra-racial and not interracial. Meaning that more than any other country, we have more crimes against white-on-white crime or black-on-black crime or Hispanic-on-Hispanic crime than anywhere else in the world. And 80% of white people who are killed or homicide is 80%. So honestly, it's actually more the other way. Blacks tend to kill more whites than whites tend to kill blacks. So this whole premise and idea of open season on blacks is, is just not true. And one more thing, why people want to say, oh, why do uh, blacks so many, have so many more interactions with police than whites? Well, they don't. And to put it simply, in 2017, this is from the Bureau of FBI. So, if you don't if you don't like the statistics I'm throwing at you, I'm sorry. Take it up with the government. They're just numbers, people. Yes. Uh, out of all the total, now they still haven't compiled 2018, 2019 yet. But in 2017, all crimes, so minor and adult, 70% of the people who were arrested were white. Uh, 20, is that the whole per capita argument then? Because we have more people living here that yes. are white. So, 70% of the people who are arrested are white, 27% of the people who are black. Of the white people who are, uh, or out of everyone who was arrested for murder or manslaughter, so mind you, we're already at 70% white and only 27% black. Whites were the cause of 44% of all homicides and murders in America. Blacks, 53.1%. That is insane. We're talking about 5,600,000 arrests and only 44% of that were uh, of of the white and out of only 2.2 or 2 million 200,000 yeah 2.2 million of the blacks 53% of them out of that 2.2 million arrested were the cause of the entirety of the 8 million uh total arrests for uh murders that is insane 
that is just like math. Like if you're just like a numbers guy or yeah, analytics like, is coming out now. Yeah, analytics. That is actually like mind boggling how insane that is, how possible that is. Now, white people, we're all real touchy feely. We we're, we caused up sixty seven point five percent of rapes. While blacks only cause twenty eight point seven percent. So have you seen white dudes? They're creepy. Yes, very creepy. That's why I shave my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and then even stuff like aggravated assault, burglary, larceny, theft. The whites dwarf blacks in uh, in uh, those like sixty two, sixty seven, and sixty seven. Blacks are only thirty three, twenty nine, twenty nine. But of all those major things or robberies, uh, whites are only 43.6%. Blacks are 54.3%. Now, of those crimes, out of rape, aggravated assault, basically meaning I punch you in the face, burglary, larceny, theft, out of those, which ones are, out of those, which, how many of those are actually going to bring weapons with them that they're going to fight police? Very, very few. Very few. Now, out of a robbery... Or murder, how many of those guys are going to have weapons that are more likely to fight or kill police? Eighty-five percent, practically all of them. So there you go. That's why there's such a high number of violent interactions between police and black suspects than there are to white, because the crimes are different. <laughs> We're not arresting, incarcerating more black people than white per capita. We are because for whatever reason we do not know that blacks do cause majority uh, of certain crimes in this country, i.e. like murder and robbery for whatever reason. But the fact that the number or the, the idea overall, that... Overall numbers, why yeah. dwarf that? And then what people want to say, well, what about young black Americans? Why is it with young black Americans? All right. Or wait a second. Oh, that's over 18. Where's my other one at? All right. Now for young under 18. So now we're talking about minors. Why, are, why do young black people seem to be targeted by police so much? So... Out of all the youths, 61.5% are white that are arrested. Out of the younger half, 35% are black. And if you get a common theme here, us white and black people make up literally like 95% of the crime. Most of the crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn white people. <laughs> and I haven't seen Asian people in them stats yeah. at all. There's no. a reason they're excelling at school and yeah. opening businesses. Asian minors, you need to step up your game. You only yeah. make 1.1%. Jeez. <laughs> like, Jeez. Is the culture a difference there? Yeah, it, exactly. Systemic racism, sir, because we talked about that. So out of 61.5% of white and then 35% of black, whites only make up 37.7% of murder or manslaughter cases. Here is, if you thought the other stat was more insane, this one is worse. Blacks only being 35% of the arrestee rate, only 35% make up over 60.5% of the murder rates. That is insane. Like, mind-blowing. The, the and they make up... Six, and here comes the devil. They make up 66.6% of the robberies. So you're talking a populace that is only... they arrested at 35% of the rate at, and at whites at 61.6%. They're making up more than half of the murders and the robberies. Cert, Close those, to two-thirds. Yes. And one is at right at two-thirds robbery. Crimes that you're going to have a weapon to try to fight or get away or kill. Where, I mean, and the statistics state, and it's actually kind of funny, is that the statistics stay the same where rape, whites actually make up more of the rapes at younger ages at 66.2. So the younger you go, 
the more there is a disparity. Younger white people tend to rape more and younger black males tend to just kill more and rob more. And it's insane. So not every rape victim is going out in a blaze of glory to kill the cops because they're you just... Mean, you mean the perp, not the victim? Yeah, the perp. Yeah, yeah, the perp. They're they're not going out in a blaze of glory to fight a cop. Most of them are cowardly, small, just cowardish men who are just wanting to get their fixes or fuel in, their fix in. And then once they get it, once conf- uh, confronted, they're like, oh, no, like little cowards that they are. But... With murder and robbery, those are two completely different ball games where people are willing to kill for, and that's why police have a much more, uh, I guess, violent confrontation with more blacks than they do white per arrest, because most arrests on whites are the main, like the big ones. They're they're not murder. They're not like trying to hold up a convenience store and rob it or a bank or something like that. So it's just, once again, another thing to kind of debunk BLM or the idea of BLM of where this movement has come from and trying to say that all oh, the police targeted black people uh, disproportionately. Well, they don't target black people disproportionately. Do they arrest them slightly more? Yes, per capita they do. But if you look at the crime rate, black people tend to cause more crime for whatever reason don't know like jake said his culture has something to do with it absolutely you know what big thing that has to do with it single fatherhood single fatherhood it shows that anyone who or kids that grow up without a father in the home are more likely to get in drugs or anything else and i had the statistic with me and i forget where it went but because Two or three fourths of uh, black kids growing up now in America are living in uh, single mother homes. That is insane. I would, that, I would, I would love to see the stats on not just black people but white people as well. White I is grew, at twenty five percent. Okay, I grew up in this this type of a life. My yeah. father was gone at five because my mom and dad divorced each other, but I got to see him every couple weekends or whatever it was. Yes. But the fact that my brother and I did not listen to our mother. She was not the authoritarian figure that we listened mm-hmm. to. I know this for a fact. I lived it. Yep. We would disrespect her all the time, not listen to the chores thing. We could run out of the house a lot easier and run off with our friends. Where we wouldn't have the dad there to beat our ass with a belt mm-hmm. until, <clears throat> excuse me, something happened with school, and then she would tell dad we'd get in trouble with mom. And then once two weeks later came, we were with dad or whatever. We're thinking, oh, okay, good. Mom completely forgot about it. Dad would beat our ass too because of the fact that it's still his kids. Mm-hmm. But the things of not having the authoritarian figure there to tell us to show us his respect, whatever, like, I believe when people say that stuff with not having a father in the home because I lived without a father in the home. Mm-hmm. I didn't give two shits what my stepdad said. Yep. I didn't take to him very well. I didn't respect the authority at all. It was, I know for a fact if it's in worse and worse environment, too, I can only imagine how bad it yep. is. And yeah, in your case, you wouldn't be considered <clears throat> a single mother home because you still had your father there. Around okay. Yes, the seventy-five okay. percent and the twenty-five percent because it's twenty-five percent for white, seventy-five percent for black. Okay. Of the single motherhood home, meaning there is no father in the picture. Zero that, contact. There's okay. zero contact, or they don't even know who their flipping dad is. All right. And well, that's what I mean. The worst environment. That's yeah. What I was the worst. That's, yeah. It's, it's even worse than what I. That seventy-five percent of them grow without a father, and study after <laughs> study shows that if kids growing up without a father, and the thing that's actually weird, kids are actually more prone to be more detrimental to society in a single mother-led home than they are in a single father-led home. 
which is really weird and bizarre to me. I find that There's very gotta interesting. There's got to be something about authority and respect. So yeah, it, it's just is. I find that really weird that single kids link. Kids living in a single father home are less likely to get into crimes and whatnot and be a menace to society than kids. Because that are. you respect your father and you have a fear of authority. Yeah, and a little bit more than your mom. So seventy five percent of kids growing up black in communities are growing up fatherless. And it shows that it's a blight to society when that happens because they're missing whatever link that is. And Blacks do it at 75%, whites do it at 25%, and it's actually less and less for each other ethnicity ethnicity group. Can't talk. And it shows, after compounding the numbers, that a black male child is 271% more likely to end up getting in crime than any other uh, race that that there is because of that alone. And the government has enabled that through basically... How many decades? Because the mother can marry the government and doesn't need the father. We've told women and mothers that you don't need a man. We can provide for you. Here we are. That's why I like having these talks. I'll tell you what. We've been rambling <laughs> on here for quite a while. Um, but I still want to get your kind of some final closing thoughts here. Yeah. So let's say with all these riots and the protests and these um, – Officials, government officials, local, state, federal coming in and just saying hands off, pulling the police officers back, not allowing them to go do their jobs. Like uh, you were you were king for the day. Mm-hmm. Like you can go in and fix things how you see fit. Knowing your experience and your background, what would you do differently than we have been doing? Uh, with If I was in the position of the governors or if I was in the position of the president? Uh, I would say let's, let's, let's start with the governors. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, governor. Oh, I would ask. I'd immediately enact. Uh, uh, oh, I can't call them by their proper names. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I always call them nasty girls when I was in the army. <laughs> National Guard. Yeah, National Guard. Thank you. <laughs> nasty girls. Oh god. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that was bad. But yeah, I would enact a National Guard like immediately. Like it would. It would be over as soon as it started. And so you're gonna have a show of force. We're gonna go oh, out absolutely. there. We're gonna shut this all down now. Yes, and they fold like lawning chair, like lawn chairs. They is do. that is that initially what federally deputizing sheriffs and stuff is doing? It, in a sense, I kind of like yes that idea no. too. Okay. But I I do, but I don't honestly. Okay. If you have the National Guard at your expense, use that. Don't just start deputizing everybody you okay. know and yeah, start doing that. Okay. Because in the NG, at least, they may not necessarily have the training, but he, neither do the people that you're just randomly special but it's deputizing. But show of force, the show. But they here. have the manpower, yeah, right. and they, they also have more legal uh, backing. And not to mention, to when things. they show up in a couple Hummers and a small tank, exactly, it's that's way... a big show of force. <laughs> people with firecrackers mm-hmm. are out. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and they fold like lawn, chair, lawn chairs. I mean, it, look at Seattle when Chip Chaz Chaz was a thing. Over there, where they had the autonomous zone, when it was finally, when shootings and everything were getting so bad up there and people were dying, they were like, all right, we're shutting this down. We're it wasn't in. even about that, though. It didn't it, even come down to that because there was already that stuff going yep. on in there. Mm-hmm. What what happened is that the local governor or senator, whoever felt mayor, whoever it was, felt threatened. They were knocking on their door. You know, and, oh, and you're once, right. once, they were, they were on their door. Once, once they were marching through their closed yep. neighborhood threatening yep. them, that's when it all got yep. shut down. 
So it's like you're not out there to protect the normal people who their own houses, mm-hmm. li- livelihoods, businesses have all been taken over by these fucking terrorists. Yep. You know, you're not going to stand up for their rights. But as soon as you feel threatened, oh, nope. my goodness, I was threatened. That's too much. No. Yep. You are there to protect the people, all the people. Yep. Everyone is equal. And you are not fucking special. Yep. And as soon as they enacted and walked in, I mean, that place scattered like roaches. It that was all of them. It was it folded so fast. So that's what I, I mean. We already should, would know that's what would happen. Just enact national guard. You put up a front. So I don't even think you need down. to do that. I don't think you need to pull the national guard. I, I would just because I know, I know the NGs tend to. It, it, as as much as I give them flack and everything, it's when, the military you're supposed to. When <laughs> when there, I I knew quite a few of them. They look for stuff to do. They like to be enacted. They yeah. don't. I mean, uh, the they, they signed up to serve just just like you yes. did, and, and, and that's that's a chance for them to go and do and their do thing. some good things. I always, for the population. I always compare national guards to like main guys or even the reserves as the main guys as like the movie Three Hundred. When uh, the Greeks and then meet Leonidas and the Spartans, and they're kind of talking, and they're the Spartans are looking at them, kind of making fun of them. They're like, and Leonidas asked the one guy, he's like, "What do you? What are you? Now, what's he's your profession?" Like, he's like, "No, he just asked, what are you?" And he's like, "I'm a blacksmith. What are you?" He's like, "I'm a farmer." He's like, "Boys, what are we? Ho!" Oh. Like they're just soldiers. Whereas the National Guard and the reserves, those are people that have outside lives. They don't live this soldier life. They don't have that mindset 24 seven. They do other things and then, Oh crap, I got to go be a soldier now. Like that, that mentality doesn't work very well. I don't ever think that the national guard or honestly, the reserve should ever be enacted unless America is under major threat to a foreign war. They should only ever be enacted with in house for these reasons specifically. And I know these guys and I know some of them, uh, back in the day, like they're they're ready to go, like they want to be an actor, they want to go do stuff. So I know they're good people. I just give them flack for the fake for the sake of giving them flack. Of course, but that's what the military branches do. People, yeah. that's, 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 yeah. that's why but. people say weekend, weekend warrior all the time and throw it at them. Or yes, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I I always I always bring it back to like this one simple thing, and it's like, guys, go do this in Dallas, Texas. Let me know how far the protests go. Actually, because pretty far there. It, you would be shocked how blue texas has gotten texas is starting to turn into like a quasi california slash new york where more so like california where they were even freedom or even somewhat like ohio where your heavily densulated areas like dallas houston are actually very blue texas is more of a purple state than people think it is and because last last i looked like austin was the only big blue city whereas the rest of them are still very red dallas and houston are starting to move that way but everything else around that state is just it runs red so dark right but the major cities there are very blue if not purple at best completely blue at worst and ohio is kind of like a lot like that where it's like cleveland toledo youngstown columbus dayton cincinnati run as dark blue as dark blue can get but everywhere else around the state is just red and that, that's what i love about it though it's very diverse mm-hmm. and, and, and i really enjoy that because i i think that you can learn a lot from talking to people with different perspectives than just being an echo chamber yes of only the people who believe what you believe mm-hmm. and that's one thing i kind of glad i kind of grew up in the city where it wasn't so blue and it 
wasn't so nice. And I mean, my dad worked his butt off and he provided the best he could do for us. But I mean, we did kind of live in a bad area, but it doesn't take living in a good area to be successful. Like I would consider myself a fairly successful person and in life, uh, I don't want to get too much away from what I've (laughs) been able to do, but I've been able to been able, I've been able to do that because my parents set me on a good path with love and respect and providing for what I need as a human rather than what I needed, like say as a person, they didn't give me things to make me happy. They gave me things to be great and good as a person. And I think a lot of people miss that mark. It's not about self happiness. It's about being able to go out and just do things for others and it's not all about just self-pleasure and my parents really brought me up with that and just going to church and just giving me they didn't give me the tools to be successful in life that everyone else thinks like oh your parents bought you a car at 16 or they got you a trust fund with money that they could pay you for college they can pay your way they didn't give me any of that they gave me the the other best thing of just a loving home and raising me right to be a good the fundamentals. Human. Yes, the yeah. fundamentals to yeah. be a good, godly human being, to grow up and go out in the world and help others. And we've missed that as a society as a whole. I mean, I see people with kids, it's all about spoiling them, doing this and that, and never actually taking the time to be there for the child rather than they just want to give the child stuff. It's all about happiness. It, the, the Life is just not about happiness. I feel like we're just caught up on that, but well, I, I think it's, it boils down to like the, the old saying, you know, it's like weak man make hard times, you know. Yep, uh, there, there's a whole cycle on. Oh, that. Yeah, of course, like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a continuous yeah. cycle because the, those those hard times, you know, make yep. strong man. The strong man makes good, good times. Good times, times make weak men. It's just how it goes. Keeps so going it's like, around. Like yeah. we're, we're we're just the pendulum has swung too far the other way. <laughs> yes, it's like like the greatest generation went out and they were hard people, mm-hmm. like guys and girls, like. Held the country together, did what they had to do, yep. like made it all work, you know. And then, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we come out of that, and it's like everybody wants something going to be easier and easier and easier. Then we've gone like generations past that. Now everything has to be given to everybody, yep. and we're going to be getting away from that mm-hmm. because we realize it's not making good people, and it's we're not, not making good citizens, and nor not even just that. It's just not sustainable. No, it's not. We're not going to be able to keep the path around. No. We're at hard times are ahead, which yeah, will make a strong right. generation after us. Twenty-seven yes. trillion and counting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this thing. All right, Jake, you have any closing thoughts? On your last little thing you were just saying there, we have a phrase we've been saying lately on this show a lot, and it's be good people. Uh, mm-hmm. I was brought up that way. Again, doesn't matter who I was taught it by, black, white, pink, purple, orange, all that stuff. Yep. People that we hung out with, my mom partied with, worked with, whatever, that we grew up with as our adopted family or aunts and uncles, whatever, and our family alone, always talked about being a good person and whatnot. And I wanted to thank you for your service of not just the military, but after this conversation of – when you brought up the whole service thing, I realized how much I enjoy <clears throat> getting off of work, getting a little buzz sometimes, sitting by the fire pit outside. And mm. if I'm on call, if I'm serving, whatever else like that, holy shit, I can't do it. And <laughs> like just, just the thought of just you talking about it today, I'm like, damn, I, I, I got it good. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, be good people, people. That's well, I'm Officer done. Brett, you have any closing thoughts? Oh, uh, have. I think I feel like I've talked too much. I don't know. I always feel That's that way. That's kind of the idea of having you on the show, <laughs> and, and, and it feels good because uh, I do other stuff with uh, small group and things with my church. And there's at times I'll, I'll like ask my wife, like, 
did I talk too much? Did I say too many things? Like, <laughs> so it feels good to just be able to like let That's it out. That's the whole but... purpose of having you here. We yeah, want to hear yeah. what you have to say because <laughs> they've heard a lot of what Jake and I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I think I've pretty much said everything I thought I was gonna be able to say on here. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, this is open to you anytime you want to come back and rant and rave about what's going on. Uh, we'd love to hear your perspective, especially being out there on the front lines and seeing the things that are actually happening that a lot of us don't get privy to because I don't trust what the media is telling me. Because mm-hmm. I believe a lot of it is just slanted so that it, it serves their agenda and it's not the real thing. So, Well, now that you broke that up, I brought one closing thought now is that there is no uh, – anymore there is no such thing as objective media no there, it is not out there none it either leans left or leans right so anyone that even says, the ones that say they don't they still yes. lean one way or the other yes absolutely and i will be more inept to listening to any station who admits admits so like if cnn tomorrow came out and said yeah we're we're we lean left we support the democrat party i'd watch it more because now they're not at least they're being honest li- about exactly it. Yes. exactly yep. But uh, that's my closing thought. (laughs) There is no more objective media. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And we will see you guys next time. Good stuff. I need a stress card. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, that wraps up another awesome conversation. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that as much as I know that I did. Officer Brett had a lot to say, and I think that we could have him on again, and I'll bet you there's still a lot more to talk about because I don't think he even quite scratched the surface of like all the things that are really going on. These are obviously just some of our thoughts and kind of what we're thinking at the time, and that, that's the great thing about it's like, especially when you, when you sit down and actually do a podcast. It's funny because you're, you're kind of prepping for it all week, and you got your mindset, and you, you, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to say, what you're going to go through. And then, like, because I, I had this idea of what this podcast was going to be. And it went completely in a different direction than I thought it was going to. So instead of trying to force it back to what I thought it was going to be, I just let it happen. And we let it go where it went. And it was really interesting. And I know that I had a great time. And hopefully you guys enjoyed that as much as I know that I did. If you guys are still listening, I can't tell you how much your support means to me. I could still use your help. And right now, the biggest thing we can do is get good reviews out for the show so that it can get bumped up in the rankings and more and more people will want to check it out. So please go out to wherever you're listening to this on, leave it a five-star review, make it fun, make it entertaining, have a blast with it. You have full creative uh, (laughs) rights here. Like, go crazy, slip in some little tidbits from the show if you want to. That would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) but that is all we have time for this week uh pretty soon i think we're going to talk about the election because let's be honest it's on everyone's mind it's kind of what everyone's thinking about right now it's 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 crazy Uh, i mean obviously i've not been alive alive super long you know (laughs) i'm in my mid-30s and i've been paying attention to this stuff for quite a while now but this this seems to be like the most important uh, presidential election that we've come across in my lifetime for sure so it'll be interesting to see kind of what other people are thinking about it and I've talked to some friends and they've kind of changed their mind to what they're doing recently and uh, Jake is one of those people and he wanted to come on the show and talk about that so uh, we're definitely going to do that and I think it's going to be a lot of fun so hopefully you guys will enjoy that one but be looking out for that soon it'll be coming out hopefully in the next week or two so Anyway, uh, I'll stop blabbering and let you guys get out of here. So, please. uh, No, please. Thank you. 
for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity. <laughs>